And we're back with another episode of the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly stop for news on movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. Going this pretty fast because we got a lot to cover today. <laughs> My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us. Today is November 19th, 2022. Believe it or not, we are almost done with November, which means we're almost done with December, which means we were almost done with 2022. Can you believe it? Which means get your lists ready. Yes, we'll talk about lists probably next week. But, and our plans for the month of December. Well, our plans for next week as well, as we get yes. to Thanksgiving. Correct. But in the meantime, we have a big show for you, as Mike mentioned. We have some big releases to cover, most notably Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which Mike has seen, mm-hmm. and also uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet for the Switch, which I have played. Um, so yeah, we'll have first impressions for Pokemon later, and we'll have... Your full thoughts on Wakanda Forever later as well. We have lots to dive in besides that as well, including the Taylor Swift Ticketmaster debacle. All that and more. Let's get started with music. Yes, and when we start music with the Billboard, and we start the Billboard yes. with the Hot 100. And speaking of, yes. once again, Taylor Swift, Antihero, your number one song. However, barely made it because she has been ambushed by Drake and 21 Savage this week. Yes. Because uh, Rich Flex comes in at number two by Drake and 21 Savage. Uh-huh. Also at number three, Major Distribution by Drake and 21 Savage. <laughs> Coming at four, On BS by <laughs> Drake and 21 Savage. Uh-huh. And then rounding out your top five, Spin Bout You by none other than Drake and yeah. 21 Savage. So if it wasn't for the juggernaut that is Taylor Swift, Drake would have done the same thing that Taylor did last week and take all of the top five spots. That didn't happen. Um, or sorry, he, two weeks ago, sorry. Yeah. Do you think he did this, put this out to try and... I think he tried. It? I think he definitely tried. I think it's a coincidence that it was set for release when it was. I don't think it was supposed to uh, take Taylor down. But I think this is just the streaming reality we live mm-hmm. in. I think this is going to co- become more and more common that an artist's big new release, if they're an artist on the tier of Drake or Taylor, is going to dominate the top five. I think that's just going to be something that happens now. Taylor opened the floodgates. I mean, they were already kind of open. <laughs> yeah. But well, yeah. We'll talk they're more about Taylor open, later. Yes. Uh, there's, obviously, she was in the news this week, but we'll get there. As for your album chart, your Billboard 200. Yes. Speaking of Taylor Swift, her loss. Yeah, because she is not number one this week. Yep, because her loss <laughs> is number one by Drake and 21 Savage. So, yeah, he may not have gotten a number one single, but he did nab the number one album spot. At least for this week, because at number two is Midnight's by Taylor Swift. Yep. Coming in at three, It's Only Me by Lil Baby. At number four, Umbrellas and T by Bad Bunny. Mm-hmm. And rounding up your top five, Smithereens by Joji. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but it's in the top five. That means Morgan Wallen watch temporarily yes. over. Yes. He is at number six this week. And yet you still bring him up. Hey, just, just in case you were wondering. In case you were watching. So thank you, Joji. Whoever you are, <laughs> you saved us. Thank you, Drake and 21 Savage, then. And also, uh, new release uh, week this week is slow because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Yes, next week is Thanksgiving, so it's going to be very light. Here in the United States, of course. You Canadians have to wait. Yes. (laughs) And uh, if you like any of those albums, here's your 
new release. Yes. And this is what I mean. Because yeah. the album is, this is, this what, is I mean. what I mean by Stormzy. Yes, so, yeah. that's Stormzy? Yeah, UK Grimes artist Stormzy is the only one to put out something this week of note. I think there's also an Elvis Costello covers album. Uh, but besides that, I mean, again... Wait, is that Elvis Costello covering people? You're going to ask that. Covering Elvis, Elvis Costello? Costello covering other songs, I believe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a good question, honestly. All right, let's go into news, though. Two heavy hitters in music this week. I know. What are you trying to start? Uh, we should probably start with the biggest news that we All alluded right. to already, which is, of course, Ticketmaster. Take- yes. If you were like us, which, of <laughs> course, you are, because apparently 3 billion people tried to get tickets. Well, specifically 2.5 million, or 3.5 million, I think is the number that Ticketmaster said. 3.5 million total people. 1.5 million were involved in the actual pre-sale, mm-hmm. and then 2 million people were put on the wait list. Yeah. Was, I think, their final norm- numbers. So, with those huge amount of numbers, Ticketmaster has formally apologized to Taylor Swift and her fans. Yeah. Uh, for the ticketing situation that left millions frustrated and enraged this week. The company's apology came in a statement issued Friday night about half a day after Swift had expressed her anger about the uh, fiasco in a feisty post, describing herself as, quote, pissed off about an excruciating situation and seeming to lay blame for the headline-making problem at Ticketmaster's feet. In a statement late Friday, the company wrote, uh, the company being Ticketmaster wrote, quote, and this is like super legal PR quote. Right, yeah. We strive to make ticket buying as easy as possible for fans, but that hasn't been the case for many people trying to buy tickets for Pearl Jam. I mean, Taylor Swift. (laughs) I feel like we just went back in time 30 years just for a blip there. First, we want to apologize to Taylor and all her fans, especially those who had a terrible experience trying to purchase tickets. It's them. They're the problem. So, yeah, okay. So, the timeline here is, so, of course, pre-sale was last Tuesday. Okay. Signing up for pre-sale was last Thursday. Right. Then, pre-sale happened on Tuesday. Apparently, people who even were given codes on uh, Monday Monday. evening, um, even they had long queue times where they were waiting for hours for their chance to buy tickets. Some of them... Even got to the end of those queue times, and then the site broke, and they still weren't able to get tickets that they were promised. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, fans were pissed. Um, It took Taylor until yesterday to actually make a comment about A full week of it, yeah. Yeah, so um, people were kind of questioning. It's like, wait, what does Taylor think about all this? And that's when she made the statement. So I've read Ticketmaster's entire, like, post. They actually put in a lot of work in the post that they said. So here's basically their excuse, and I'm using quotes around excuse because I think there are valid things about their excuse, and I think there are not valid things. So where I feel like they are valid in complaining like, or, or say, making an excuse about this is unprecedented demand was true. That part is true. There was mm-hmm. unprecedented demand. As we mentioned, 3.5 million people signed up for this presale, and that's the presale. So you can imagine how many total... People total in total want these tickets, regardless of fan registration or not. And when you have numbers like that, it's going to be impossible for everyone yeah. to even buy one ticket because you have three point yeah. five million in presale, mm-hmm. and the amount of venues that there are and dates are only total about 
two yeah. million. You could make an argument that they're allowing each person in the pre-sale to buy up to six tickets was maybe a problem yep. because everyone took advantage of this. Mm-hmm. They were saying in their statement that they had expected an average. Well, first of all, the first thing that they didn't expect is in previous pre-sale registrations, only they said only forty percent of the people who sign up and get codes actually show up for pre-sale day. This time they said that was not the case. They didn't say specifically how large, how much larger mm-hmm. that number was, but it would not shock me if that was 95% or higher, honestly, <laughs> yeah. because Taylor Swift fans, they do it because they're going to show up and do the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't surprised by that, but that's legitimate in a way where they were like, okay, well, based on previous projections, we didn't expect this to be this number to be that high. Makes sense. However, if you're Taylor, and sure enough, this is what she said, they promised her that this would not happen. Mm-hmm. She said multiple times she reached out to Ticketmaster to double check, hey, this isn't going to break, right? You ready for this? And they told her they were. So don't blame Taylor for being angry here. The second thing about that, that, that expectation is, is that that ticket number, they only expected people to buy an average of two tickets each. That wasn't true here. And that's where they blame bot attacks. So the pre-registration is supposed to prevent bots. Mm-hmm. However, except verification is supposed to prevent yes, bots. They still got through. Yep. They were saying, and still were attacking, like like DDoS attacks on the website and everything. So the thing that the, this was built to prevent didn't prevent it hundred percent. It probably prevented a large portion of them, mm-hmm. but it couldn't do the whole. It couldn't keep the bots out. Is basically what they found out. Third thing is they they were saying was. Um, People showed up on pre-sale day that didn't have codes and tried to go onto Ticketmaster to see if they could get access to tickets. That also bogged the site down. So they were saying that over the course of Tuesday alone, they had billions of hits on their website, like 12 billion hits, and the website couldn't take the load. So again, they just didn't have the infrastructure. The website was never built for that many people to be logged in all at once. No website is ever built. No website is built. The last thing that I will put the the point in their favor is, and this is kind of, well, duh, when you think about it, but they do have to bring this up because a lot of people don't understand this. There was just never going to be enough tickets for the demand. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift is probably the most popular artist right now in the entire world. That means, obviously... The number of seats available for this tour will never reach that amount. They said that for Taylor to actually be able to play to everyone who wants to see her, she would have to do 900 stadium shows, Mm -hmm. which means she would have to perform every night for 2.5 years. So Taylor, get on it. What are you doing? Put days off on there. You still have three years every night at a different stadium. Again, kind of like a duh, of course, kind Mm -hmm. of point. But still, I think that that, at least a portion of this anger is, well, I wanted tickets, how come I can't come? And to a certain extent, there was just a a certain percentage of people who are just never going, we're never going to get tickets in the first place. But the biggest problem here, above all of that, and where I don't give Ticketmaster an excuse, they are a monopoly. Let's be real. Let's look at it from, mm-hmm. from, a, mar- from a market standpoint. From a right? business perspective? They own Live Nation, the biggest concert promoter in the world. Who so, owns stake in all the concert venues. So it's rigged. The system is rigged in t- Ticketmaster's favor. Not to mention all of the extra fees that they put on their ticket sales. Mm-hmm. 
It's important to note here that people who did buy tickets had to spend a lot of money, a lot more money than they should have. And then two, the bots that ended up reselling these tickets are reselling them for even more. There are some astonishing prices out there for resale. You're talking about the $95,000? And stuff like that. Like, it's getting exorbitant. And so... If you're Taylor, you should be mad. You should be mad that Ticketmaster told you one thing and then oh, we're on the flip side of it. They never went to public sale. Ticketmaster canceled that. That's not mentioned in the story, but we should mention yes. this. It was such a fiasco during the pre-sale that Ticketmaster was like, we don't even have enough tickets to give out. Presumably there are more. Presumably the, some of the shows didn't sell out. But there's no way of knowing now. <laughs> because they're just like, well, too bad. We're just tossed, throwing in the towel on this one because we just don't have the site for it. So the flip side of this is, so the question now is, okay, how do we fix this? How does Ticketmaster fix this? How do we fix this? Well, the government is going to ask that exact question. So a lot of people are like, wait, were the government, is the government just reacting to this and going to look into the Ticketmaster monopoly just because of Taylor? Surprisingly, no. Two weeks ago, the president announced that he was going to look into Ticketmaster sales. And this was before the Taylor Swift thing even started. Mm -hmm. It just so happened that this was something that the, the administration was already looking into as part of their agenda. But now it's got heat on it. And now this is going to hit Congress. Hopefully in this coming session right here, mm -hmm. the lame duck session that's happening before the end of the year, we might see some movement on this. And we might see something done about Ticketmaster. I think they should be broken up. I think that Live Nation especially should be removed from their ownership. I think we're looking at something that I think that a lot of people in Congress are going to be like, yeah, this is, this is not sustainable. This is not good for artists. It's not good for fans. Something needs to be done, and this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. Congress has broken up companies before. Yeah. Most recently, IBM yeah. in the 80s, right. AT&T in the late 90s, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you yeah started seeing the the telecom companies kind of all fall apart. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, it's kind of been an uphill battle in the last decade because whenever you have conservative administrations in Congress, they are not typically antitrust administrations. They're ones that actually dis like disassemble um, uh, government regulations as opposed to rebuild them. The Biden administration has been kind of in the middle so far. The first thing that you can say is looking into the current uh, Microsoft buying Activision thing, which yep. is the U.S. government, as opposed to the EU, seems pretty high, like, hands-off on this. They haven't said a whole lot. Mm -hmm. The EU, however, a very strong regulation um, uh, uh, kind of government, is trying to tear it apart. So, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be an interesting question, but I, if at least the president has his eyes on it, at least the public mm -hmm. is screaming out, as they are right now, talking about how bad of an experience this was, I think something can, can change, and this is the moment. So wherever you are, Eddie Vedder, you better be smiling. Because again, just as a reminder, this is not new. People have been talking about Ticketmaster fees for 30 years now. Pearl Jam made it their entire thing to be like, we're not working with Ticketmaster, we're boycotting Ticketmaster venues, like we're not doing it. And that was in the 90s. Somebody posted on my Twitter, posted a screenshot of an episode from The Simpsons in season seven. So that's like 1996. Mm -hmm. That was uh, Burns uh, joking about, Mr. Burns joking about, well, you laughed when I bought Ticketmaster. 100% service fees is great for business or something like that. It's like 
these jokes are not new. Like, this is old news. Like, Ticketmaster has been an evil corporation forever. So, yeah, I'm hoping that this is the moment. I'm hoping that Taylor ushers in. Taylor, because Taylor deigned to go back on tour, uh, it will bring Ticketmaster to his knees. I hope this is the world we live in, because that would be weirdly symbolic. Well, it's also not like Ticketmaster can or had ways to prevent people from buying Right. These are not tickets. Honestly, you just cap it at four. No. Maybe try that. You cap it at two. You cap they it at two. Brutal. They literally did it for the Taylor <laughs> Hawkins concert. Yeah, they could have. In Europe and in LA. Well, whatever it they is. They did it fan sales. So like, you can't yeah. resell it. This they is literally why, have yeah. blocks in place again, that they could have used. This is why competition matters. Because if there was another big ticket company that was doing stuff differently, Ticketmaster would have to adapt. Mm-hmm. They would have to change. But no one is forcing their hand. Nothing, no one is there. No one is big enough to challenge them. And that's a problem. And that creates fiascos like this. So, yes, both things can be true is what I'm saying. The website could not have been built for this kind of, like, could not have anticipated this demand. Uh, Yes, that's correct. Like, Ticketmaster, as Ticketmaster exists, was never going to be able to do this, was always going to be a disaster. Yes, that can also be true. At the same time as Ticketmaster needs to be better, Mm-hmm. and needs to have competition, both of these things can coexist. So, like, I feel like most of the public is on board with this, but I'm just saying, for those few of you who are defending Ticketmaster for some bizarre reason <laughs> out there, trust me, there are things that they could do, even if they're saying and making these excuses that are do have some validity toward them. So that's how I feel about this whole thing. Hopefully we'll see some movement on this government, uh, uh, like, intervention. Uh, but... If not, well, I hope the people who did get tickets enjoy that show because there might not be anything like it going forward as long as it works like this. Just saying. Anyway. Anyway. We'll see. Yeah. Taylor, Ticketmaster, um, possibly Story of the Year. Uh, it's it got to be one it's, of them. It's got to be up um, there. A real latecomer here, but yes. it's got to be music-wise. I mean, it's latecomer, but oh yeah. boy, is it like picking up steam. Yeah, music-wise, like, this, this is going to matter. And this is going to be one of those that we see trail into 2023. Yeah, that would be, may not be yeah. our story of the year, but may trail into like coming down the line. Like these shows start in March. Yeah. Her tour starts in March, and so there's not a whole lot of runway till we start having these shows happen. Those tickets, if there are tickets left, they've got to sell somehow. So how is the question? How does Ticketmaster do it? Is it just to the waitlist people, and how many of them? And if the, how, when do they let those waitlist people in, and how how long is that going to take? And is it random waitlist? Is it random still? Do they have the site to do it mm-hmm. at all anymore? There's a lot of questions to be asked. Ticketmaster's got to answer it, and now they have to answer to the president. It's going to be an interesting couple of Congress, ones. not president, but you know what yes. I mean. That like, answers the U.S. government. Now. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting uh, to see what happens. And meanwhile, if you're Taylor. I can't imagine. I can't imagine what she's going through right now. Like, yeah, she should be pissed. She absolutely should be pissed. You know what she should do? Make her own ticket company. Well, one, yes. <laughs> A lot of people are saying that. Uh, Jenny Lewis, uh, formerly of Rilo Kylie and her solo career on Twitter today, was added Taylor uh, and was like, hey, you going to make a new ticket company? I'm with you if you do. <laughs> Called Swift Ticks. Yeah, uh, people were saying that exact thing. It's like because that's the branding the Ticketmaster was using for her. Yep. And so yeah, it's like Swift Ticks. That's all we need. It's a good name, right? It is. It like implies like I'm gonna get tickets. I'm going to get them fast. Yep. That's smart. It's a better name than Ticketmaster. Yes. Although Ticketmaster is a really apt name when you think about it. They're like an overlord that like 
decides when you get tickets, which is true. Yes. Please, <laughs> Ticketmaster. I want ticket some master. more. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Um, Believe it or not, that's only the... Oh, no. Like, so my, other, my second thing that she should do is partner with Pay-Per-View. Make uh, it live. No, you know she's going to put that thing on streaming somewhere. Uh, like... Yeah. Or you could make uh, make half the the, t- the cut from pay per view. Well, the fun thing is, is the traditionally she does the concert video on the last day of tour, which will be at SoFi. Yes. So yeah, I'm very excited uh, to see because yeah, that will probably be the only way I see this because I am not getting tickets to this thing. I can tell you right now, there will be some sort of miracle if either of us get that text message. I don't think it's happening. No, no. See, I'm just gonna do what I always do is like. <laughs> Hit refresh day of. Find a good price ticket. If the site still exists. If it exists. Yeah, if you can even <laughs> refresh that page without yes. getting some sort of breaking error. Well, here's the good thing, because it's another, we got five dates to choose from. It's really funny, though. I was watching some TikToks the day of, and people were like, there was one that was like, oh, if you're if you're a coder, try this. And it was like somebody going into the Chrome, like, like where you can read yeah. the thing. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you can see what number you are in line. It was literally like, Tens of thousands? Yes. He was like... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. All right, so that's it for Ticketmaster. I'm sure we, this will be a recurring story. We'll give you updates as it goes on. Yep. And I swear to God, yes, we will talk less about Taylor in 2023. I promise. But we could not not cover this. No, this was literally the biggest story of the week. And that's Even bigger. With Grammy nominations. Yeah, with the Grammy nominations. Let's get into it. All right, so the biggest surprise about... <laughs> 2023 is, is how goddamn boring they were, but yes, also that. But yeah, of 2023 <laughs> Grammy nominations is that they were announced early on Tuesday, and I think we both forgot about them. I totally forgot. <laughs> you had to text me, and I was like, oh, that's right, this is happening. And yes. by the time I turned it on, there was only like five more things, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay, that's it? <laughs> well, it was like a popcorn thing. It was all on YouTube. To being live streamed. It wasn't as interesting when they did this as when they did the stream last year. Because last year there was a little bit of like a anything can happen, like what the hell is are they doing kind yes. of vibe to it. This year, a little bit more professional, uh, which is kind of sad. I kind of liked the unhinged, uh, what was it? What's his name? Uh, Jimmy Allen? Yes. Jimmy Allen hosted Ridiculousness from last year. That was great. <laughs> but this year, not as fun. Yeah. Uh, well, the ceremony was shorter on surprises than it has been in most yeah, years. pretty predictable. Yep. Because um, there was no, like, weekend fervor at right. all. There's, no um, controversy. No controversies, really. really. Or, um, you know, Effia, was she? Look, the last one, like, John Batiste. Yeah, yeah, winning everything. Yeah, around winning things. But, yeah, being a footnote now because i've really heard much from it but except from him leaving the late show right i mean yeah yeah otherwise it was the same old same old pretty much what you expected this year um you had adele beyonce kendrick lamar harry styles uh brandy carlisle and lizzo yep all all hitting all all usual suspects yeah. Getting those nominations. So I have specifically written down only the two biggies, uh, Album of the Year and Record of the Year for yep. nominations real quick. Yes. And they're pretty much the same. Yeah. Album of the Year is for the full album. Record yeah. for the Year is per for song. song for the producers. For producers. There songs. are, for the first time, Songwriters Awards this year, I uh, should note, beyond Song of the Year. Yes. Uh, for genre genre categories. There's uh, also a first time uh, Songwriters 
Hall of Fame yes, nomination. I so, yes. Um, as well as video or multimedia, yes. including video games and interactive entertainment. Yeah, I think the most exciting thing about this is about these year, this year's Grammys are the new categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, right, well, let's just go through what we have at the biggies this, this, this year here. Yeah, so album of the year starts off with ABBA. Yeah, that new ABBA comeback record. Yep. I didn't listen to this. <laughs> Still. Uh, the Grammys listened to it, apparently. Apparently. Um, everyone's favorite house, Harry Styles. <laughs> Harry's house. Yep. Um, as expected, the Beyonce album. Right. As Renaissance. expected, because it didn't hit last year. Yeah. The Adele album. 30. Um, the Bad Summer album. Yeah. By Bad Booney. <laughs> uh, Mary J. Blige. Yeah. Which I didn't realize that she put out an album, but sure. Yeah. Same with uh, Brandy Carlisle. Yeah, <laughs> well, always. And then Coldplay. Yeah, weird. I didn't feel like m- many people were talking about this Coldplay record. No, but here it is. Uh, and then, as I don't say as expected, but yeah. not surprised in any way, both Kendrick Lamar and yeah. Lizzo. So early, early ideas about this one. This could really go anyway. I feel if Grammys really want a Grammy and be super, super old-fashioned, I could see the ABBA relaunch um, surprising everybody, <laughs> Steely Dan style, and taking this out away from more recent, more modern artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, I feel like this is a three-way, the three-way chance between Beyonce, Adele, and Kendrick here. I feel like they're the most the perennial uh, winners here on this list, especially Beyonce, who is now tied with her husband, Jay-Z, with 88 nominations apiece, which is record. Um, I could see Beyoncé doing this. Also, this is a very strong Beyoncé record. Uh, It's probably my favorite of the three, if we're talking about Adele, Beyoncé, and Kendrick here. Mm -hmm. I think Harry has an outside chance, depending on the average age of the voting populace of the Academy. Yes, but he did get a lot of nominations in all the other categories, too. Right. So, yeah, I honestly don't know if there is a favorite here. It seems like there are enough strong competitors here that I honestly don't know what Grammy does. Here's my $1 bet at a 500 to 1 shot that uh, Bad Bunny is going to win. It's certainly possible. Bad Bunny is the biggest artist on the planet right now. I know I said that about Taylor earlier, but I I feel like I'm probably underselling Bad Bunny's uh, popularity, especially mm-hmm. in Spanish-speaking countries. Yeah. And I think that that probably maybe edges out Taylor, honestly, at the end of the day. Uh, so, yeah, you might have you might have a point there, um, but it's also oh, yes. the Grammys. Yes, it's also, also the Grammys. fairly English-focused. It's why I put my $1 bid on the 500-to-1 right. shot, that is. Maybe. They maybe. actually branch out for once. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I give it to the Latin artist. I was going to say, especially an organization that runs a Latin Grammys. Yes. I don't know, <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Record of the Year. Yes, we have a Record of the Year going to, a lot of these names may sound familiar. Yes, same thing. Same ABBA, names. Adele, mm-hmm. Beyonce, Mary J. Blige, Brandy Carlisle, featuring Luda. No, oh. not Ludacris. Lucius. Oh, Lucius. <laughs> I thought that was a weird comment. I wish. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, Doja Cat, Steve Lacey, Kendrick Lamar, Lizzo, and Ari Styles. A few notes on this one. Um, You see a little bit more um, entry for people who had big Hot 100 hits here, including Steve Lacey, 
And, of course, Harry Styles here in Doja Cat, mm-hmm. uh, which livens up this category at least a little bit compared to the stodgy album of the year category here. Um, I think Harry Styles has a chance in this category because As It Was was absolutely a dominating song yes. all year. I could see that being an outside choice. I think Beyonce has a strong shot with Break My Soul. Kendrick pick here is odd because it's not off of the record. This, the one in, uh, up for record of the year is actually The Heart Part 5, which mm-hmm. was his pre-release song before uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers was released. Okay. So I don't know about Kendrick's chance here. Um, I also could see maybe this is the outside place where you do see Mary J. Blige or Brandy Carlisle pull an upset mm-hmm. because they're probably stronger here than they are outside. Although I don't know anybody who have heard either of those songs outside of yesterday. Uh, again, TikTok, I went on there and somebody was like, wait, what is this Brandy Carlisle song? And they had to go to YouTube to find it and they were like, really, this is it? And so I'm getting I'm getting a vibe where Grammy's going to Grammy and they're going to pick something by a Grammy-friendly artist that literally no one has heard. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, this is another one that could go several ways. Maybe even Lizzo here? Maybe. Uh, About Damn Time was also kind of everywhere. Yeah. Although as a song, I don't think it's as strong as, as it was or some of the other ones mm-hmm. on this. So I don't know. This Grammy's, like I said, kind of boring, kind of predictable and could go any way. You could say it's Boring and predictable, but the fact that it can go anyway kind of contradicts yeah. well, that how boring predictable it is. Well, the are predictable. The winners yes. could go either way. Yeah. Those are two different things. Um, but honestly, though, if they're trying to get people to watch this, they are not doing a good job nope. because there's nothing interesting here. It's, it's just too business as usual. Um, the weird stuff is the new categories and also some of the smaller genre ca- categories. Like uh, Hardcore Band Turnstile... Uh, beloved by the hardcore scene and the indie scene, ends up getting two nominations this year out of nowhere uh, mm-hmm. for Grammys. And one's in the rock categories and one's in the metal categories. Make up your mind, Grammy voters. Yep. And then the other weird thing here is that after last year, with the rock song category being largely dominated by women, zero women are represented in the rock category this year. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that, yeah. the alternative Ozzy Osbourne category, was in right. several of those. It's, yeah, what? And then the, the flip side, though, every uh, every band in the alternative rock uh, category has at least one woman in it. However, Arcade Fire is one of those bands. <laughs> and so, you know, there's no accounting for, you know, taste. Also, Morgan Wallen. Uh, weirdly, uh, not a whole lot of, of looks here at the Grammys after no. being kind of showered at the CMAs. Yeah. So, who knows? Uh, all over the map here. Uh, are you going to talk about Shea Long? Uh, what, what do you have to say? I don't know. He got nominated. Yeah. Well, that? With Wet Legs. Yeah. Yeah, Wet Leg. Uh, Grammy nominated multiple times. Yes. Including for Best New Artist. Yes, that's what I was What a weird Best New Artist this year, yeah. by the way. Best New Artist, weird categories. Because you have Wet Leg, you have Anita, <laughs> and then you have Main Skin. Yeah, Mana Skin. Uh, really make it a, a, a try again for For relevancy. For like, I, don't, I don't get it. I, don't, I just don't get the Mana Skin thing. Yeah. I feel like I missed something. <laughs> like, what, what's so interesting about them? But They're know. the next ABBA. Are they? They're not even close, though. Well, they both won Eurovision. Yeah, that's they, it. They that's both the went thing, on a U.S. tour. It's the only thing they have come. Yep. Hey, they're just following their system. Just Call me in, uh, in another 10 years when they, uh, somebody writes a musical. 
Then we're tough. Mamma mia. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, anything else to say about Grammys? Or uh, nope. until we wait till February? Yeah, we're going to wait till February, get yeah. closer. We'll see. And then I didn't listen to anything. No, not this week. Uh, kind of another holding pattern kind of week. Uh, as we get into the holidays, less and less is going to be released. Yep. So Which start making those top ten lists. Yep, start getting week. back into those albums. Yeah. Start making some top ten lists. Exactly. Or top five top for Top fives us. for us, but everyone else. Top yep. All right, so let's move right in over to video games. Yes. And we start with new releases. Uh, beginning with Evil West. Out for everything but the Switch. Yep. Gungrave Gore, or Gungrave, G.org, G.O.R.D.E. Yeah. Everything but the Switch. Yep. That Ship time. of Fools for <laughs> PS5, Xbox Series X, Switch, and PC. A new, a new uh, console releases, plus Switch. And lastly, your big yes. release. I wide guess, release. by default. By default, your wide release, Ubisoft's Just Dance 2023. But not as wide as you think, because for some reason... It is only on new consoles. Yeah. So PS5, Xbox Series X, and the Switch. Leaving PS4 and Xbox One in the cold, at least for now. Maybe they're later. Uh, but hey, Just Dance is out. It's time to dance. Um, how do you do motion controls with the Xbox? So, my understanding is that it interfaces with the camera. With the Kinect. Or it did. With the Kinect. Okay, I thought I they just continued the Kinect, though. Use the Kinect. I don't know what they do now. There is a camera you can buy for the Xbox, though. That's okay. not Kinect camera. So I don't know. Just Xbox That's camera, a good though? question, honestly. I never thought about that. What looks do you do? Looks like I know the PlayStation has both the camera and oh, the move controls. I wonder if it's with your... I wonder if it's a phone thing. Oh. Uh, that might, would make some sense. You connect it to your phone camera? Yeah, or maybe you hold the phone. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. I have never played a Just Dance <laughs> game. Uh, that's a f- fun fact about me. So I don't know, honestly. Well, well, the Just Dance, like, you right, move your body, the Wii, and then also, like, because yeah. uh, like, of the, uh, the the Wii and the Switches, you can yeah. move the controllers. Even the DualSense does that. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Okay. Good question. <laughs> if it's on uh, Game Pass, maybe someone will find out. It's not on Game Pass. <laughs> I think it might be as part of your uh, Ubisoft Plus or whatever they yeah. call that thing, though. All right. Anyway. Let's get into some video game news. Yeah, some weird ones this week. Yeah, and we start um, with a former Sonic team yeah. head. And Sonic the Hedgehog programmer, Yuji Naka. And co-creator. And co-creator. Um, has reportedly been arrested in relation to the ongoing Square Enix insider trading investigation. Yeah, we haven't talked about this yet, but this has kind of been happening under the under over in Japan uh, for a few weeks here. Yep, Japanese news site... Or FNN Prime <laughs> Online reports that Naka is now the latest suspect, suspect. <laughs> in a case regarding insider trading surrounding the surrounding a new Dragon Quest game. On Thursday, two former Square Enix employees were arrested in Tokyo as part of a suspected insider trading scheme. Uh, Taisuke Suzuki and Fumaki Suzuki were arrested for acquiring stock in Japanese developer Aiming shortly before it was announced that it was working on a new Dragon Quest game. <laughs> so, a little bit to unpack here. So, this does not just affect Naka. However, Yuji Naka has a, quite a year. Mm-hmm. In the calendar year of 2022, this is what has happened. So, 
late 2021 or mid 2021, he put out a game with Square Enix called Balan Wonderworld, got panned, terrible reviews, ends up leaving Square Enix, basically burning the bridge with them, saying, "Well, they mistreated me during the pub- like the publication of Balan Wonderworld," and was complaining, basically blaming it all on Square Enix. Then proceeds to have a very outsized Twitter. Uh, uh, port, like uh, 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 look this year by like calling out everyone in, uh, he could, <laughs> including spilling the dirt on. Yes, Michael Jackson did did the did do the music for Sonic Three, <laughs> among other things, confirming that rumor. And then like was just like editing people out of photos and stuff like that. He's had quite a year, and also he put out a game on uh, Netflix's uh, downloadable service, I think. Um, this year as well so he's just been all over the place this year to culminate at the very end of the year by getting arrested for insider stock trading is quite a quite a little cap little cherry on top for this of course the other side of the story is yes uh the japanese government does take this stuff a little bit more seriously than the u.s version uh, government does i'm sure this kind of shit happens all the time here and we just don't hear about it mm-hmm. but it is very suspicious oh we heard all about it in 2020 oh well yes but yeah, very suspicious here, especially uh, considering um, how many people at Square Enix were involved with this. So yeah, this is assuming that he was involved in this while he was still at Square. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's wild stuff. Um, but it's an ongoing story as well, so I'm sure we'll hear more in whether or not he gets released. I'm sure I'm sure there's bail going to be involved here shortly. Uh, Yuji Naka is not a broke person. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, we'll figure it out. I just don't know how punitive the uh, Japanese law system is. So, we'll find out. Uh, but yeah, insider trading. Weird. Very Tr- weird. Yeah. Speaking of weird. Yeah. That Saints Row game was weird. Yeah, it's so weird that a uh, 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 company, the ownership company, Embracer Group, has made some changes with Volition. Yeah, because Volition will soon become part of Gearbox following a disappointing reception to that Saints Row reboot. Yeah. Um, in a statement released alongside Embracer Group's second quarter earnings results, CEO Lars Wingdeforce explained that Volition will be switching operative groups from Playon. Yeah, Playon. Playon. The company formerly known as Coke Media. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, Coke yeah. Media. Nothing to do with the Coke brothers, just an unfortunate name. They changed it. <laughs> to Playon. Playon. Um, so, they'll be switching operatives to Gearbox Entertainment. Right. Quote, The reception of Saints Row did not meet the full expectations and left the fan base partially polarized. The game development studio, Volition, has been working hard to improve the player experience. Financially, Saints Row has performed in line with management expectations in the quarter. Going forward, Volition will transfer... Well, Travolition will transition to become part of Gearbox, which has all the tools, including an experienced management team in the U.S., to create future success at Volition. This is the first internal group transfer where um, a major studio has transitioned between operative groups. And Embracer, at least. Within Embracer. But it's also not necessarily going to be the last one. So it looks like they're considering doing this for other uh, smaller companies under their umbrella as well. Make sense for them, less different studios to keep track of 
is San Diego can focus on the big money-making franchises, which I bet is why they're being moved into Gearbox. Gearbox, of course, recently said that after the success of the Tiny Tina spinoff mm-hmm. of the Borderlands franchise, that they were going to make that a its own franchise. So, with more Borderlands universe games being in development probably at once, they're going to need more manpower. Mm-hmm. Volition is a built-in team that they can just be like, all right, you guys are working on Borderlands now. Yeah. It's very easy transition for them to make. So, but there are a couple questions here. One, what does this mean for Saints Row? Is it dead now? Like, can we officially put it to bed? Mm-hmm. The game did okay. They said more or less that it hit the expectation, surprisingly enough. So financially, that's not where the problem is. But critically and reception-wise, they have a PR problem, is that the name Saints Row may be now tarnished. Do I blame them for retiring that brand at this point? No, No, not really, because they made a crappy game. Like, that's the end of the day. They they, they shot their shot. Yeah, you tried, but it didn't work. We've had the good Saints Row games. Maybe it is time uh, for Saints Row to be retired. Maybe do something similar later under the Gearbox umbrella, but don't try Saints Row again. I don't know if it's going to hit again. I think that ship may have sailed. The second question is here is like, what do they work on? Is it Borderlands? Do they get to make their own Saints Row style game under the Gearbox umbrella? Do Volition continue to do what Volition does, well, arguably best? Hmm. Or do they... Or are they immediately put on a shooter team? I don't know. There's a lot of questions to be answered here. I mean, Saints Row is a shooter. Yeah, yes, but it's a different kind of shooter. Yeah. And you could also say, well, it's also kind of open world. But no, they're open world in different ways. And I think they're different enough games where it will be a learning curve, I think, for the Volition team to learn how to make a game like the games that Gearbox makes. So yeah, a lot of questions here. Um, but the good news and ultimately the silver lining to the story is it could have been way worse for Volition. Embracer could have just done what they did with the Saints, or with uh, blah, 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 the, the former IDOS Montreal team mm-hmm. and just been like, too bad, you guys are gone. Uh, they didn't do that. Instead, they gave everybody Volition jobs. And that's important here yeah. to note. Don't be surprised, though, if some of the team members, especially in the head team, Decide to leave. Maybe this is the time. Stuff. Yeah. You're probably right. If, the, if there are people in leadership roles or lower that want to get out, this is probably the time to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. Now that all the news is out of the way. Yes. Here's your soapbox. <laughs> You've played a game. I played a game. You've um, played a game of a franchise <laughs> that you've been passionate about for quite some time now. Yes. Uh, so, it's that time of year again. There's a new generation of Pokemon. Uh, we get one every once in a while. The new generation is here. The third Pokemon, or fourth Pokemon games released on the Switch. We had Let's Go, Pikachu, and Eevee. Mm-hmm. We had Sword and Shield. We had Shining, Diamond, and uh, Brilliant Pearl. I'm getting those reversed. And now we have Scarlet and Violet, the ninth generation of Pokemon Are you not games. counting Arceus in that? Shoot, you're right. There have been five. Are you not counting uh, Pokemon Snap on that? That doesn't count. Okay. It's a spinoff. But anyways, yes. Uh, there's been a lot of Pokemon on Switch, and Violet and Scarlet are the new proper Pokemon Generation games. Uh, they're officially out in the world this week. Um, I have played the first two hours. Hey, do boy. I have complicated feelings about this game so far. Um, so, when the review embargo lifted the day before release on mm-hmm. Thursday... Um, 
immediately out of the gates, uh, a pretty consistent opinion showed up throughout all of these reviews, which was, man, this game is ambitious. Game Freak's really trying a lot of cool things here. The open world works as intended. The ability and freedom to do whatever you want in any order is really cool and does change up the, the franchise for good. But wow, what is happening with this game's engine? People are reporting constant frame rate issues, mm-hmm. pop in from textures and elements from far into the frame, literal stutters and stops during animations, cutscenes that sh- like judder a little bit when they're trans- transitioning between scenes. Overall, disappointing like graphic quality, whether it be on textures or up close characters, especially when docked. And just overall vibe that the game's engine just was not ready for release. Hmm. And yeah, after playing the first two hours of the game, I have to say I agree wholeheartedly with the general opinion about these reviews. I think it's doing a lot of cool things. In a lot of ways, the changes, like the, the, the like quality of life changes they've made here, are all stellar. There are so many little things that they've changed that even in after Sword and Shield, which I thought were a huge upgrade in quality of life for the franchise, this is even better. And they've combined that with a lot of innovation that they did with Arceus, including having the ability to auto-battle by having a Pokemon already out. So if you're just wandering around, that Pokemon can kind of like find items for you, mm-hmm. battle Pokemon without you even having to direct it to, and kind of like get that level up process a little smoother than it used to be. You can see the Pokemon, no more random battles. You literally can walk around, so you're no longer having that classic Pokemon experience of, I'm just trying to get to the Pokemon Center, and I'm almost dead, why can't I get there without running into five more Pokemon I have to battle? Mm -hmm. No longer. All of that frustration is in the past, and the freedom is really tantalizing. I just got to the point in the game where it's like, all right, we've given you your three different paths you can follow, the badge path, the Titan path and the team path, basically. And here you go. You're out. You can tackle them in any order. You can go wherever you want. Go for it. You might run into a place that has, like, level 50 Pokemon that you can't run into, but that's on you. You did that. Go somewhere else. (laughs) That's the vibe. And I think that's great. That's really exciting. It changes the dynamic of a Pokemon game. It never longer feels like it's a linear thing that you're like, well, this guy is standing in my way, literally on the edge of town, saying... You can't go here until I get my chocolate bar or something like that. Like there, used to or the store locks in the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. None of that. That's all gone. And I think it's for the better. I think it makes now, an exciting version of the future. Because like certain Pokemon scale up in levels, is yeah. that a, their way of basically pointing you like, oh, don't go this way. You got level 40 or 50 Pokemon. I mean, yeah. Here. It's not too dissimilar to what games like Zelda Breath of the Wild do, Mm -hmm. which is there's just going to be places that aren't intended for you to be able to do until you're later in the game. So it's not artificial uh, scale like some games do, like Borderlands. This is not a situation, and I think a lot of people are actually torn by this decision. A lot of people are thinking, like, well, what happens if I do one of the other things first, one of the other trails first, and then come back to do the badges, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to be like level 50 when I'm beating the first first gym. Well, the game does not account for that. This game does not scale for you. Mm 
Mm. So, for example, if you come back to that with level 50 Pokemon, you'll be still battling level 11 Pokemon at that gym mm. or whatever it is. That doesn't change. So, yes, you will probably tear through the badge championship if you do one of the other trails first. Okay. But that's a choice you're making. You could do, as the game was probably designed, everything kind of like as a smorgasbord approach and do everything at the appropriate level if you wanted to. So, for example, oh, I'm in this city right now. Off the outskirts of the city, there's one gym leader here. There's one uh, Team Star base. And there's one Titan in this cave over here. You could do all those three while you're in that area. And all of those would be appropriate for the level that you're at right now. Or you could not do that and be like, well, I want to do every single mainline, mainline badge first. Mm-hmm. Finish Victory Road. Be done with that. Then start the Team Star stuff. But no matter what, you're going to have to start basically with level 12 Pokemon when you do that. It's an interesting, like, it's an interesting dynamic. And I think that people are going to be torn by that. I think there are going to be people who are disappointed by, like, I can't believe I had to go by and, like, do this cakewalk when I just finished this really hard challenge. Mm-hmm. But other people who are not as concerned about challenge like me are going to be like, that's great. Awesome. I can just tear through all the eight badges and when I come back. This is awesome. I've never felt more powerful. So well, really, that's what I'm thinking. Like, if you do the... The t- either the Titan or the Scavenger Hunt first. Yeah. Then it's like, all oh, right. Now that I've basically journeyed through everything. Yeah. Let me go and tear through all <laughs> you gym people. Which why I'm kind of like, I think the approach that I'm going to do uh, starting today is I'm going to do the team stuff first. Because I'm compelled. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's up with Team Star. I mm-hmm. want to know. Because I actually am curious about the story part of this game. A lot, most people are probably going to do the gem badges first because right. that's just in, like, it's in, in Pokemon players' DNA to do that. And right. so I understand why you would want to. But I think it'll be interesting to kind of defy the game's expectations and be like, well, I want to try, I want to test these, this game and see what. You want to see if you're really rewarded for it? Yeah, like, I'm just curious about it. And I think the fact that this game allows you that freedom is really cool and really exciting. But then there's the technical stuff. So I have run into every single thing that I have been warned about in the reviews. Um, the pop-up is bad. Like, you'll just be, like, loading into an area and trees will just start showing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be in the middle of a catching animation for a Pokemon. And then, like, textures that weren't there, grass textures, will just be like, all right, we're here now. And I'm like, what? what, what? The cutscene stuff is, by, in my opinion, the worst stuff. Uh, because Pre-rendered? The cutscene looked pretty good. No, nothing's pre-rendered. Yeah. Everything is real time. But I think that's to etc. Because it doesn't look good. Like, at the end of every cutscene, there's just a little bit of a judder where I'm like, oh, that really takes mm. me out of the moment. And it's just, it's, it's disappointing, is what it is. Because Arceus ran better than this. Not that much better, but it did. <laughs> Sword and Shield was not maybe an ideal-looking game and also wasn't doing the ambitious open-world stuff as much. It did in the wild areas. Well, this is like if the whole game was wild areas. The wild areas in Sword and Shield were often the frame rate would just completely break down. Especially if you were online. This is no different. And it's throughout the whole game. I think the actual graphic work is better. I think the Pokemon look better. The characters look better. They did a lot of work, especially with interior. I think the lighting and textures and stuff in the inside of buildings look really good. But, just as a heads up, there aren't a whole lot of interiors in this game to start with. I just want to warn you. If you go into a city expecting to be able to walk into all the clothing stores and food stores, I got news for you. There are menus now. 
You just go up to a door, you go in, and you're expecting like a, a cha- like to go inside. Yeah. No, you're faced with a menu where you get like illustrations of things you can buy. I think people are going to be disappointed by that. I mean, that's what they did in Arceus, where yeah. you couldn't go in, but they also had the open shops. Like, right. here's the open stand. There is a lot of that here. There, uh, there was also like houses that you could go in and yeah. interact with. So not as many houses here um, beyond the first like opening areas and the school that you're in. Uh, and, but, but yeah, and they do the same kind of outdoor approach with Pokemon centers. Pokemon centers are outdoor things now. Mm. You go to a, a thing that's outside. A mobile. You do not go inside a building for, for a Pokemon center. No. What? I know. It's wild. What am I supposed to say? It's wild. You can save anywhere. You save in a Pokemon center. Well, you don't have to anymore. You, you always save, save in a Pokemon center. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, it's... I, and so the question I think a lot of people are asking is... Where does the blame go for the technical stuff? And there's two camps, right? It is, well... Camp Scarlet, Camp Violet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. But, but the question is, is like, could Game Freak, under the umbrella of Pokemon Company, which, as I mentioned, is co-owned by Nintendo, the creator of the platform it's on, what's their excuse? Why couldn't they make a game that runs as solid and consistently as a Nintendo game like... Breath of the Wild or Mario Odyssey or any of their games or Kirby, Forgotten Land. What is keeping... Why do these Game Freak games look and run as bad as they do? What's the excuse on their end? Are they just to the limit of their abilities with just the number of Pokemon that they have to render here? Which is the excuse they gave in um, Sword and Shield. Shield. Or Camp 2. Is it the Switch? 2022, the narrative about the Switch has been... These games are great, but they are hindered by the abilities of the Switch. Mm-hmm. When Bayonetta 3 came out, all the reviews were like, this would be way better if this was a PlayStation 5 or a Xbox Series X game. The game clearly is ambitious, ambitious enough and it wants to do these things that the Switch just isn't powerful to do. What if we did see this game on a platform that's not a Switch? People probably could ask the same thing about Scarlet and Violet. You did before the podcast. Mm-hmm. You were like, what, what if someday this isn't? We aren't throttled by Nintendo yeah. consoles with Pokemon games. What if we did live in a world where you could play Pokemon Scarlet on a PC, for instance, and all the floodgates are open? And what mod does it? that look like? <laughs> that's what they don't want. That's what they worry about modding it. And so, yeah, I get where both of those camps are coming from. I think it's a legitimate question to ask: Why can't Game Freak just ship in some Nintendo hardware experts and say, "What's going on? Can you help us?" Can you help us fine-tune this game? This is a big release for your platform. Arguably the biggest release Nintendo has in the calendar year of 2022. Especially for um, holiday season here. Like, can you imagine what Nintendo's got to be thinking right now? It's like, it's kind of similar to the Taylor Swift thing, right? There's only so many times Taylor could say to uh, Ticketmaster, make sure that this doesn't break when Mm -hmm. you put it out. Nintendo's got to be the same thing, like, to Game Freak, right? Like, this is a Pokemon game. This is huge. Make sure it doesn't break when it comes out. It's the same conversation, right? So what is keeping Game Freak from being like, well, please help us. Get your technical engineers over here because you see how this thing is running and this is a final copy of this game. This should not be released in this state. So I guess the question becomes, is the Pokemon Company and by extension Game Freak in it to make Pokemon games? Yeah. Or in it to make merchandise. <laughs> that is, I've seen a certain quadrant of the internet ask that very question. Is it the Pokemon company is, yeah, skewed so much toward the business end of it 
that they're like, well, we have to release it at this day no matter what because that's when all our merchandise deals go through. Is it is it really that like nefarious? I don't know. I'm kind of split. I think that both it's one of those other situations where I think both can be true. I think Game Freak needs to work with Nintendo and figure out how to patch this game so it runs better. I think that is 100% true. This was released at a state that it should not have been, and I think is going to be a PR nightmare. To a certain extent, is it still going to sell? Of course it is. It's a Pokemon game. It's going to be their best-selling game of the year, and it's November. It's still going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like, it's the Taylor Swift Midnight's of the, of the video game industry. Sell. It doesn't have much runway. It's still going to be the best-selling thing in the world. Mm-hmm. On the other side of that, though, like, I, it's, also, it's also true that Nintendo probably... It's past time to think about a new console. The Switch is old. The Switch is clearly at the end of its life cycle. Mm-hmm. You can't make games this scale, this ambition, on the Switch anymore. We've hit the wall. What happens with Breath of the Wild 2? That's going to be the test, right? What's because, it called? Tears of the Kingdom comes out? Right. I don't know. And then it breaks. Because the power of that yeah. engine ends up breaking the Switch. I don't know. It's the last test of this platform. Unless they pull a Breath of the Wild 1 and it's like, oh yeah, and this is also on the next generation console. Surprise! We're launching it in spring. They could still do that. Game Switch Awards. Two? Like, into Game Awards reveal, just like Microsoft did with Series X. It could happen. Like, Switch, Switch 2, Super Switch, Spring. Coinciding with game switch, yeah, whatever they do with it, it's like it could happen. I don't think so, uh, but it could happen, and maybe that's the surprise. Switch sixty four. <laughs> do we get Redux versions of Scarlet and Violet then with that run better? Who knows? There's a lot of no, questions. What here. we do is we get Mario Kart Eight Super Deluxe. <laughs> Super Deluxe. Yeah. So the last thing I'll say is is it's a Pokemon game. If you like Pokemon games, you largely know what you're getting into, except, like I said, a lot of very cool, interesting ideas and a lot of freedom that's new to the franchise and a lot of choices you can make. All very exciting. But just go into it knowing that you're buying into an experience that's going to be choppy, hard to look at, and it's going to be unpleasant to play a lot of the time. So you bought this day one. I pre-ordered it the day before, yes. Yeah, you bought it day one. You've been playing it since day one. Are you happy with your purchase? You know what? One? Ultimately, I am. I feel like the game is interesting enough and is doing the, checking the boxes I wanted to check and has enough interesting potential so far that I am like still on board with it. I am still having a good time, and I still think that it warrants uh, like warrants people like I think if you like Pokemon, you should still check this out. But I just yeah, the technical stuff like yeah, it should not have been released in this state. I can, I can, I feel like I can have both of those things exist, coexist in my head. I think I can be disappointed by the way that this game looks and feels, while also being like, they made a, they made a really good game. They made a really good Pokemon game. That's just true. Okay. It's just, it sucks that it's hampered by this. Now, would you stuff. be um, fine with gifting it to someone? Like, here, you play <laughs> this experience now. Well, I bought it digitally, so I cannot gift it to anyone. No, I mean, like, if you're buying a Christmas, like, Christmas gift for someone. I, think, I mean, I did. I, I bought it as a late birthday present for Christy, and I still think that it's okay. Also, the other thing to mention here that I don't think video game reviewers uh, really think about a lot, and people who are deeply internet-pilled uh, don't think about a lot, mm-hmm. which is 
people like Christy, like people who are not deep embedded into the video game. Casual gamers. They can barely tell that this is not running well. Mm-hmm. She uh, like when I point out bad frame rates in some of the games she plays, a lot on the Switch, for instance, for yeah. instance, she doesn't notice. She's like, oh, I didn't even I didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. So there's gonna be a lot of people who probably play this game and don't even think about the technical problems. Which is fine, because this game is selling to that crowd. Pokemon games are huge mass market games. It's just people like... LCDs. Yeah, people who care about that kind of thing are going to go into this and be like, this is embarrassing. This is awful. So it really depends on what your level of, uh, I guess, expectation is. Like, how much it takes to take you out of the moment. Mm -hmm. And for me, I guess, it's doing enough interesting stuff and it's still being that Pokemon experience that I want that it doesn't quite cross that line for me. But... That's an individual line. You paint that line yourself. You make that call. So check out footage of the game. Look at videos online. You know, pay attention if you're like somebody who follows a lot of influencers who are going to play this. See what they're saying about it. See what your favorite Twitch streamer is saying Be about it. Be influenced by influencers? Yeah, I know, right? And like make your own decision here. If you think this is worth the $60 that's going to like uh, cost to play this game or if you want to wait. Well, that's why, I asked, that's why I asked you. Like, are you happy with your purchase? I am, but again, my line is different than a yes, lot of people's okay. lines. Um, so it's going to be an indi- individual. Regardless, they need to fix this game. Period. Like, there's got to be a update patch. patch. There's got to be a patch because this is embarrassing. This is where I'm at right now. Like Nintendo, if they weren't already, needs to be in there, being like, "Okay, what's going on?" Because it's that bad. But I still think the game is good. Okay. So yeah, it's. It's a complicated thing to sell. I think you're right to ask those questions because it's like, I don't know if I can recommend this to everybody. But I can definitely recommend this to people like me. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, yeah, it's a good question. Okay. How um, are the new Pokemon designs? Cover anyone uh, that they haven't revealed already? Yeah, a couple of like bug types that I haven't seen before. Um, but mostly they did reveal a lot of the early guys. Mm-hmm. I just caught a Fido. The yes. dog's made out of uh, <laughs> dough, which is just the cutest thing in the world. Um, yeah, so I haven't seen a lot of Pokemon left uh, yet. Did you call him Best Bread? That's <laughs> <laughs> good. It's good. Uh, but no, I forget what I named him. Uh, but yeah, uh, so far so good uh, Pokemon design-wise. I really like the designs. And the trainer design is really, really cool. Oh, Except, yes, that's what I was going to ask you yeah. next. Customization. Okay, so asterisk about that. You can buy accessories, hairstyles, and you can change the uh, like like makeup and stuff and like how your like face looks. You cannot change. You cannot buy at least where I'm at right now, and I don't think so. From what I saw, you cannot buy clothes outside of socks and gloves Ooh. and hats. So accessories, but you have four seasonal um, outfits that are your school uniform. Basically, there's a spring, a summer, a, an autumn, and a winter. Mm-hmm. You're default to the summer at the beginning of the game. At any time, though, even from the beginning, you can change between those four. Okay. But that's it, from what I understand. I don't believe you can buy new pants or shirts or coats. Is that just because it's school uniforms? That's my guess, is that they figured, like, well, you're in... Even though most of the game takes place as your independent study and you're not yes, on campus... Yes, outside of campus. Apparently, there's still some sort of thing where, you're like, well, you have to wear the school uniform... Otherwise, which is you don't weird. represent the school. Which actually plays into this Team Star stuff, because Team Star is basically made of, like, 
rebellious students who don't Mm -hmm. show up to class. (laughs) And so they are also wearing the the, uh, outfits, but theirs are like the shirts untucked and the shorts are shorter and stuff like that. So it's like, oh, "Ah, that's cute. They're like the that. rebellious short shorts. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so, like, I, so they're working within those limitations, but yeah. like, let me let me buy stuff. Let me like. I, don't know. I wonder how much of that is like cultural like limitations. Yeah, it's interesting because yeah, this is supposed to be based on like the Iberian Peninsula, so Spain and Portugal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how how tough they are about school uniforms over there. <laughs> Good question. And this morning, Christy made the joke. She was like, "Yeah, but if I play at the end of the game, do I graduate? And then can I buy clothes?" And I'm like, "I don't think that's how it works, but that's very funny." So. We'll see. I'll play more of this, and I'll give updates as necessary. Uh, It's probably going to take a while to finish this, but I'm already enjoying it, and I want to play more of it. Uh, But yes, I really hope they fix the technical problems. That's where I'm at. Well, That's Scarlet and Violet. I've only played a little bit of God of War, because I was on on vacations and stuff. Uh, But lots of twists. Yeah, I'm really yeah, liking yeah. it. Stories going to places. Yeah, hopefully I'm going to uh, finish it this upcoming week and then I'll have my full thoughts next week on cool. it. And then uh, more Marvel, Marvel, Marvel Snap. More Snap, yep. Still snapping away. I have put that down. I haven't really? touched Snap in two weeks. It, since I showed you my score? Yeah, I think so. It scared me away. <laughs> it scared yeah. me away. I'm kidding. I just... Uh, some of those kinds of games just don't grab me. I think mobile games mm-hmm. especially, I have a hard pro- a time like having them take over my life. And now with Pokemon, I don't think I'm going to play it because I'm going to go to Pokemon now. I, I think you need to, like, update your deck. <laughs> get, get into a new variant of deck to see. Yeah. Make it interesting. I don't know. Um, it's a cool game, though. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's really good. Um, it, and, oh, yeah. The other thing, uh, real quick. I did what I said I was going to do. I got back into Vampire Survivors. Oh, you did? It is now on Xbox Series X as well. It's oh. on console Game Pass as well okay. as PC Game Pass. Mm-hmm. It really got me the other day. Right before Pokemon came out, that was my game for a couple of days. I was playing it nonstop. I really, really like that game. Okay. Um, I think that's definitely a top five for me. Hmm. Uh, you should definitely try out Vampire Survivors. Spend some, spend some hours in Vampire Survivors. Okay. Is it on the... You can, it's on PC Game Pass. PC Game Pass? So okay. you have access to it. Right. Um, I don't know how great it is on um, a laptop, though. Yeah. Uh, because I'm not sure how it will work. Uh, with like a with a touchpad, you can try it. Okay. Um, I like it on controller uh, personally, uh, but maybe you'll still have All fun right. with it. Maybe I'll still have fun with it. But yeah, um, you should uh, honestly at this point you should just Bluetooth a controller. I will. I'll put it. That's in. really what you should do going forward with PC Game Pass stuff. That's what I did. That's what I did. Except uh, sometimes the PlayStation controller won't yeah, sync like, properly with the. It's tricky. All right, so Vampire Survivor. Just let, I should just lend you the Xbox controller I'm not using. You should just use that. Because you can just USB, USB it in and just automatically it works. Yeah. Anyway. Because uh, you have a spare one. Yeah, so uh, that yeah, that's Vampire Survivor. Still very, very good. I've unlocked a bunch of shit. Whew, that's addictive. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, my top five is coming together, I think. All right. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, I think somewhere in that milieu, I think I have Vampire Survivors. I think Tinykin's up there. Uh, and I think immortality is up there. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of it's maybe those Somewhere three around there. that are kind of floating in my head right now. But, and I just need to organize okay. them. That's because you never finished Breath of the Wild. I didn't finish Breath of the Wild or Breath of the Wild. You mean Horizon? Horizon. Well, yeah, I don't have a copy of Horizon to finish yeah. it. Um, so yeah, I don't have. Uh, yeah, I didn't finish Horizon, but Horizon's up there probably yeah. too. I played most of that game, or I think 
I played probably like five eighths of that game, probably. <laughs> so a little more than half. Um, and I didn't finish Kirby or Neon White. I need to go back and wrap uh, those yes, up. Those Neon White's well. probably up there, though, too. Oh, so, I'm going to have a lot of a tough time It's going to be a tough video game year, it's honestly. Tough for me. It's going to be really hard. And Pokemon. Right. Pokemon might pop in there. We'll yep. see. All right. All right. Video games. Yep. Video, video games. games. Done. All right. Let's move on over to yes. television. Let's move on to television where we have also a lot to talk about news-wise because in the sports corner where we start every week, it's soccer time, baby. Yes. Qatar. Daylight. Guitar. Um, yes. yes. Uh, human rights violation in soccer. That's what they got for you. Um, Qatar's World Cup begins tomorrow. And, well, if you wanted a Miller Lite to accompany your uh, soccer watching, too bad no beer is going to be sold on site at the World Cup games at Qatar. That being said, Budweiser will still be able to yes. sell beer at the World Cup. Yeah. Budweiser Zero. Right. The zero alcohol version of Budweiser. So, yeah, the story about this World Cup, if you've been paying any attention, is that, yeah, Qatar, pretty messed up. Uh, human rights records, not great. Uh, alcohol, you can't drink it. Gay, you can't be it. Like, you name it, Qatar's got your number. Although, they seem to claim that if you are coming as a fan to this World Cup, you will be accepted. Hmm. We'll see about we'll that We'll see one. about that. Um, if you're on the other side here, uh, watching it safely from your home, there's a lot of ways to do that. I believe Peacock has a lot of the World yes. Cup games available for their premium subscribers. Also, I just got an email from YouTube TV that apparently they now have a 4K tier. Okay. Where you can watch a lot of World Cup games in 4K, which is exciting if you're into that kind of thing. Right. So, yeah, World Cup, uh, if you like that and you don't have a problem watching FIFA games at Qatar... Uh, two things that have some issues, yeah. um, then, hey, go for it. Soccer. I mean, it's also, it's soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, moving on. Unfortunately for uh, my hat and the city of Anaheim, the AL American League MLB MVP did not go to Shohei Otani as it rightfully should have. Your big homer man, Aaron Judge, took the title and it wasn't close. Uh, 28-2. Yeah. So, but then again, yeah. everyone's uh, number two ballots were switched at two twenty eight. <laughs> so it was either you had Aaron Judge or you had Shohei. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, disappointing uh, when you consider Aaron Judge had a good season and Shohei Otani had probably one of the best seasons of all time. <laughs> like considering, it's really yes. not it's really weird to me. But hey, I didn't vote. So hey, I, whenever you break the home run record. <laughs> Then that's what it's going to take at this point. I feel like people are just uh, are sleeping on Ota- how great Otani is. It's going to take him to have like the the home run record for him to get nominated again. Okay. It's like sucks. It's like what well, he's hell? nominated it just you know, win. to win. It just he's got one already. It sucks. What does the man have to do? Does he's he have to do one. something else for the first time since the 1900s? He's already got one. <laughs> what does he need? He needs more. <laughs> anyway, and meanwhile, Paul Goldschmidt was your National League MVP. Yep. Cy Young winners include Justin Verlander for the American uh, League and Sandy Alca- Al- ah, Alcantara Alcantara uh, for the National League. Those make sense to me. Yep. Mariners outfield Julio Rodriguez and Braves uh, Michael Harris the second one. Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Thank you. Because you don't know who they are, I had to say who they're from. Yeah, thank you. Terry Francona won the American League. Manager. manager of the year, yep. and Buck Showalter won the National League Manager of the Year. Do note, uh, that is Buck Showalter's fourth team wow. winning wow. Manager of the Year. Con- congratulations. Yeah, 
So uh, he's the only manager to win it four times for four separate teams. <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, that's your baseball update. Otherwise, hey, that's it. The awards have been given out. Uh, mm-hmm. So we are now just patiently waiting until spring training. Yes. So, oh yeah, and trades are happening. By the way, your uh, uh, American League MVP, Aaron Judge, still doesn't know what team he's going to. That's yeah. fun. Um, also, uh, Cody Bellinger from the Dodgers being yes. let go. <laughs> Weird, huh? Yeah. It's quite a transitional season. I, I wonder right if the Dodgers let him go for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. Makes you think. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see in the off- what happens in the offseason trade-wise. Doesn't look like Shohei's going anywhere. Angels yes. have him locked down. At least nice. for another year. Yeah, so, so we'll see. Yep. Meanwhile, in football, don't worry, you 72 Dolphins. You can sit down and relax because you the Commanders... You can pop that champagne. Yes, because the, you still have your record. The Commanders won over the Eagles. The Eagles are not no longer undefeated. Yes, unfortunately, 8-1, and one, which ties them with the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, believe it or not. At 8-1. and one. Um, From what I... From, so I, uh, one of my video game websites, uh, this shout-out to Waypoint over there, uh, uh, Waypoint does a sports podcast now, and so I actually keep up to date on football yes. standings. And so they're talking about like how the Vikings should not have that record. Yes, that their like season has been a fluke so far. Well, I think <laughs> of their eight wins, five of them has been like seven points or under. Yeah, when score mm. games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but the Eagles seem like the real deal. So uh, especially when they just acquired Indominus Sue mm, for yes. the defensive line. So so yeah, I I foresee good things in their future, but other than that. We'll see. Well, it depends on how long uh, they can keep healthy Hurts mm. until he gets hurt. Yeah, I was going to say, the name is not healthy. <laughs> it's yeah. an omen, if you will. Uh, I know. Other than that, fantasy football. Fantasy oh, football. slipping and sliding and climbing in the chaos <laughs> that it is. Gross. It anyway. is. It is. <laughs> it is gross. Anything else in sports? Uh... Talk about, uh, Anything hockey, basketball, kind of low key basketball season. I feel like no one's talking about it. Um, I mean, we're not talking about it because yeah. although it's been dominated by Kawhi Leonard, or not Kawhi Leonard, uh, Kyrie Irving. We can't talk about Kyrie Irving. We're so. not going to talk about Kyrie Irving yeah. here. It's the same reason why we don't talk about uh, why I haven't said anything about Kanye West or Dave Chappelle on the show. Yeah, because <laughs> I just do not have the wavelength to talk about those people. Yep. Anyways. Uh, we may talk about them during our end of the year podcast. Uh, we have to. Well, it, part of big stories, but yes. We'll see. Anyway, so yeah. So basketball is still happening. Hockey still happening. Uh, NASCAR is over. Uh, what else do we got mm-hmm. sports-wise? That's pretty um, much it. Oh, weather in football. A game that was supposed to be played in Buffalo uh, tomorrow on Sunday. Right, yes. Got moved Snowed to Detroit. Out. Snowed right. out. Six feet of snow hitting Buffalo. It's funny because some of their... Uh, the running backs over there, they NFL put out a little comparison. Like, like the running backs only five ten, but they're six feet of snow. <laughs> yeah, so goes to show you. Yep. All right. Well, but yeah, that game's been moved to Detroit, and then the Detroit and Butt Bills are playing next week as well mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. We'll talk about Thanksgiving games yes, next week next probably. Week. Uh, well, depends on when we record because I believe that will be after Thanksgiving. Or else we do a Wednesday show. Oh, well, let me know. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I believe I work on Wednesday, so uh, it'll well, have to after. be home when I get home. So. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, Thursday, Thanksgiving games, NFL, Turkey, Sunday, Turkey. football, Turkey. Turkey. Lions, and uh, Cowboys always playing on Thursday, Thanksgiving yes, games. always. So get ready. Get your turduckins in the oven. Yes, tur- <laughs> prepare your turduckin. Anyway, let's move out of sports. Oh, I'll do the first one without John Madden. Oh, that's so sad. Don't it say that. Oh. Uh, 
21's turducken salute. All right, let's move on to television news. This week, we start with Ellen Pompeo, a.k.a. television's Meredith Grey. Of Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Or should we just call it Anatomy now? Because, yeah, the title character is leaving. The actress, also known as Meredith Grey in the show Grey's Anatomy, shared a sweet goodbye message on Instagram to fans after the fall finale last week marked her final official episode of the season. Quote, I am eternally grateful and humbled by the love and support you have all shown me, Meredith Grey, in the show for 19 seasons, wrote Pompeo, age 53. I don't know why we need her age here. I don't know. It's in the story. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, through it all, none of it would have been possible without the best fans in the world. You are all writers, and you all have made the ride so fun and iconic. All capitals. Yeah. Though Pompeo has been one of Grey's anchors since it premiered in 2005, her decision to scale down her role in the series this year wasn't entirely unexpected. The actress has long been candid about her attempts to convince ABC to end the series. <laughs> yes. They refused to do that. Meredith's storyline, so far, ended with her character's decision to leave Seattle for Boston, where she accepted, accepted a position with the Catherine Fox Foundation to research Alzheimer's disease. There have been far more dramatic and tragic exits mm-hmm. on the series. Yes, there have been. Meredith's new job certainly leaves the door open to guest appearances yes. in the forthcoming season. And more so, likely the finale of, hey, yeah, she's, she's back. back. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, interesting. I don't know how many shows can say that they've lasted long enough for their title character to leave and the character still go. I mean, beyond your offices. Um, yes, I don't uh, know. like ER did it. ER did it, but ER was also more of a... Well, I guess this is drama. Yeah, drama. I guess both are more procedure. They got a lot of characters on both of these kinds of shows, so I don't know how. Uh, Yeah, Westwood did it, but it's have your character in the title leave is I think different and unique. You're trying to think of anything that happened like that. Um, Yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Roseanne. Yeah, but they didn't call it Roseanne. No, they changed to the Connors. Exactly. Yes. So, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, uh, hey, if you want to write in and tell us if you come, came up with something, another example of a show where the title character left the show that it was named after, uh, let us know, because I'm curious now. Look, I'm thinking of other shows like John Ritter and Eight Simple Rules, but he was not the title, in the show. Not, not the title well, character. unless you want to really read into the pronoun my. Yeah. <laughs> well, for dating my teenage yeah, daughter. Yeah, the, exactly. the full length of it. Full length of the name. Uh, I don't know. This is a good question. That's a stumper right there. That's a stumper. Right in. Tell us no if we're wrong. I'll have to ask Christy. Maybe she knows. Anyway. Because well, you want to specify that it's a title character. Right, yeah. It that's a, it's it's called title. Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy and Grey's Meredith Leaving. Grey, yeah. yeah. So, Grey's Leaving. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, These are the questions. Uh, these are questions that need, need answers. So, yes. Walking IMDb is out there. We need you. Yeah. Let's move on <laughs> to our speaking of IMDb. Amazon. <laughs> Is officially moving forward with multiple live-action shows based on Marvel characters, but specifically the ones with television and movie rights owned by Sony. Yes. The first series under this deal will be Silk, Spider Society, which was developed by The Walking Dead showrunner Angela Kang, along with Spider-Man Into the Spiders and And Media Boat Favorites producers Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Yes. Kang will serve as showrunner and executive producer on Silk, as part of a new multi-year overall television deal she has signed with Amazon. The show follows Cindy Moon, described as, quote, a Korean-American woman bitten by the same spider that bit Peter Parker as she escapes imprisonment and searches for her missing family on her way to becoming the superhero known as Silk. 
It is unknown at this time whether other Marvel characters will be featured in the Amazon shows. My guess is no. Though Sony currently controls over 900, that's a weird estimate, uh, such characters associated with the Spider-Man franchise. Jesus Christ, yes. 900 characters? Yes, but no, that's not 900 <laughs> superheroes. superheroes. It's just characters. That's just characters, because it's a lot of like, different side characters, like Aunt May, like, right, like Jonah the, Jameson. The normal-ass people that interact with. Yes, the they actually interact with on a daily basis. Yeah, this is... That only appears in Spider-Man or Spider-Man adjacent comics. You see why they're doing this? I see why they're doing this. Sony wants to play hardball with Marvel as long as they can, and they want to keep these rights as long as they can. Well, it's also Sony's singing it to Disney like, hey, we have other people we can go to. We can do this. We can do this on our own. And Spider-Man is still an extremely popular character. Mm -hmm. I would argue more popular than many of the MCU characters. And so they want to... Milk everything they can as Spider Man. As a franchise, Spider Man alone is up there with the likes of like Star Wars, yes, and like Lord of the Rings, easily, and like James Bond. Like it's sort of like recognizable characters. Spider Man. It's easily up there, especially in terms like dollar amounts. And they're getting the right people behind this. Mm -hmm. I think uh, having Lord and Miller uh, co-sign this, yes, is adding a lot of credibility. I know we like that signing. We definitely Amazon. So wait until our uh, television list at the end of the year. Yeah, I'm sure they'll come up. Um, So yeah, like uh, I think this is a good move if you're Sony, but man, if you're Disney. You gotta be thinking like, what? How can we stop this? <laughs> we need this. Well, I don't know. Do they need because they Disney still owns the animated Spider-Man. Note that this is specifically live, live action, action on Amazon. Spider-Man, which is yeah. so specific for television, at right? Least. And also, it's not specifically Tom Holland Spider-Man, although right, he no. may appear depending on how much it. he's. I doubt it. Too. I doubt it. They want to do the Venom style approach, which is Spider-Man is somewhere over here, but these are these other characters we own. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is smart in their case, to separate mm-hmm. themselves. So that way people are not act- asking them all the time, does this take place in the MCU? Because it doesn't matter. Right. So, anyway, so that's uh, interesting. Uh, for Amazon getting some Spider-Man, spider action. Anything else in television? Do we have thoughts? Anything we've been uh, watching? I didn't watch anything. I noticed I was going to talk about Andor, but I didn't get around that's to right. it. It's just, you, at yeah. this point, you might as well just wait till it's done, done. No, it is done, done. I just need to finish it. Okay. Um, I'll get there. Because I keep seeing, like, different stuff online about people's thoughts. I'm like, yeah, this is good. Exactly the Star Wars that we want. And also, people are very burnt out from Star Wars. This is why people aren't watching it. I was like... Both can be both true. Both can be true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and I haven't one, been watching anything beyond uh, Jeopardy! Tournament of Champions is yep. heating up. Yep. Last game, last night's game. Whew, what an ending. Um, uh, I honestly, who, who, this could be anyone's tournament. It's great. So they're all very even. Also, matched. TV note, um, for your viewing, uh, pleasure, pleasure, I guess. <laughs> I don't want to say pleasure, but yeah, <laughs> for your viewing audience, yeah. between uh, th- this upcoming week and then the following week, fall finales will be hitting. Yeah. So we'll be into December yeah. where it's just going to be a lot of holiday specials and repeats. So get ready for that. Yep. And then we'll get a two-month break and then come back in uh, February after the Super Bowl. Yep. For regular TV to return. So look forward to that in the meantime. Let's move on to cancellations and renewals. Just a couple of shows. no longer watching? Uh, Actually, uh, one's ending and one continuation this week. Prime Video, Amazon again, is ending Hunters after a second season. Uh, The second season will premiere in January, but it 
They have not been picked up. Okay. They will not be picked up. And then, in the middle of the second season for The White Lotus, HBO has confirmed a third season will be on its way. So, more White Lotus. Yes, and they have confirmed it will be anthology in a new White Lotus location with a new cast. Smart. It seems to work for them. Yep. I hear good things about season two. Yes. I have not watched it, but I, I heard it's good. Ooh, I didn't watch last night's episode. We have, ooh, we have episodes to watch. Wait, no. What do last night's episode? It's tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Yes, Sunday episodes. Yes, I keep forgetting that because like the whole vacation thing's throwing me off a bit. There you go. And then uh, a couple of deaths this week. Uh, Bud Friedman, age ninety, comedian and producer and founder of The Improv. So if you have a local The Improv, Mm -hmm. you have Bud Friedman to thank. Then Robert Clary, age ninety-six, actor, was in shows such as Hogan's Heroes, Days of Our Lives, and The Bold and the Beautiful. So a soap opera staple. Yeah, uh, got his start becoming a recurring character on Hogan's Heroes, but then, yeah, um, later in life, soap opera staple. There you recurring go. Recurring roles. And that's it for cancellations, renewals, and deaths. We now move into the last segment today, which is movies. And, of course, your box office numbers for this past weekend was dominated by the one release, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, with a $181 million debut that's the record for the year, right? I think so. It's it didn't hit be. 200. No, it hit but two. it's also 2022. Yes. So it was never going to. I know. But hey, that's a good amount. And I'm sure Disney's happy with the, that number. Well, especially compared to the uh, number two release. Yeah, all the way down at number two. Black Adam with another eight million. Yes, eight million. That was your number two. So, so <laughs> if you were seeing a movie this week, you saw Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, and that's 150 total domestic. Yeah, so yeah, Black Panther did in one weekend what Black Way Adam back, yeah. has done All its since run. its run. Yep. Number three, Ticket to Paradise, another $5.9 million. Mm-hmm. That's at 56. Number four, Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile. Sean Mendez is still kicking it with $3.2 million, adding to a $40 million total. And number five, rounding out your top five, Smile, still smiling, $2.3 million this week. That crossed the 100 mark is yes, 102. So not bad. Not bad at all. Upcoming this week, She Said, which we talked about briefly last week, um, Mm -hmm. and 13 Lives, which we talked about last week as well. Yep. So Um, wait a minute. This is not... Sorry, this was past Friday. Yeah, this was past Friday. threw me off because you didn't delete Black Panther. Yes. This coming week for your uh, Thanksgiving release. Yes. uh, Two, uh, three... Wow, four movies. These are Thanksgiving releases. Yes. Specifically. Disney's Strange World, the next uh, Disney Animation Studios film. Ah, this is not grabbing me. The trailers for this do nothing for me. I'm not a speculative sci-fi fiction guy. Right. And so the fact that this is referencing stuff like that, like... Uh, like your journey to the center of the earths, your time machines, your that kind of like adventure fiction stuff. Yes. Not my style. So I, this is not grabbing me. Uh, but hey, this is your family. It's also movie. not a musical. We also have Bones and All, which every time I see the name for this, I think of that KFC commercial. <laughs> he ate the bones. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not that. I don't know what Bones and All is, but I would like to. That's a horror film. Oh, no, it's, it's, I think it's based off a book. Okay. What I hear, I, yeah, I think of the uh, Sandlot line oh, yeah. of uh, the beast. He yes. ate them. He ate them bones, bones and all. And all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, The Fablemans, that's your Spielberg Oscar bait semi-autobiographical film. I'm going to try and see this. Oh, boy. I don't know, man. Is this, is this the most Spielberg Spielberg movie that Spielberg has ever Spielberg? No, the most Spielberg movie that's ever Spielberg is uh, Super 8. <laughs> That wasn't Spielberg. Exactly. 
Well, this is from the mouth, so from the yes. mouth of himself. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, co-written by Tony Kushner. So, Christy is at least semi-interested in this. Okay. She loves Tony Kushner. Tony Kushner, the playwright who brought you Angels in America, um, among other oh. highfalutin um, play uh, stuff. So, yeah, uh, interesting choices here. So, we'll see. And then, last, lastly, uh, Devotion. What is Devotion? Uh, this is the... Uh, World War Two fighter pilots, mm. air raids, um, yeah. devotion. So I think it's safe to say we are now firmly in Oscar Bates' season yeah. starting well, this well, week. Devotion starts Jonathan Major. So like. yeah, you, two a couple. You, so you have basically a, a family movie, a genre movie, and then two Oscar Bates. Yes. So get ready. Award season's almost upon us. But for uh, coming up next week for one week only. Yes. Ryan Johnson is in theaters yes. with his sequel oh, to Knives Out. We still got to get tickets to that. Christy, I don't know if Christy did. Glass Onion. Yeah. One week only in theaters before yes. it comes out in Netflix Christmas Day. She was going to try to get Black Friday tickets for us. Okay. I don't know if she actually pulled the trigger on that or on set the Saturday the day after. I'll have to check in with her to see if she actually bought those tickets or not. Because she uh, really wants to see this. So it's for one week only, which means I may be able to see it on Tuesday, probably. Okay, all right. Monday or Tuesday, don't know. It'll um, be easier to see it then. But uh, I know we won't be able to see it like over the Thanksgiving yeah. uh, break weekend, whatever you want to call yeah, it. You Instead guys are too busy. We're too Not busy. like us, who don't do nothing with family. We're on our own. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So there's your new releases. Let's move on to some movie news. Warner. Uh, they've excised a lot of stuff, but they still are holding on dearly to the Fantastic Beasts franchise and everything Harry Potter. And really, that Fantastic Beasts franchise is kind of holding on by a thread. So, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, the most recent release in the trilogy uh, so Which far. came out <laughs> this year. Yes, yes believe it or not. That was a 2022 release. Grossed $405 million at the global box office, which made it the first... Wizarding World film to break even in its theatrical run. Yeah, based off a $200 million budget. Yes. The third film in a reportedly five-film saga that's planned, at least as of this recording. Yes. um, Pulled in 20% less than the previous entry. However, the screenplay for the remaining films weren't even started by the time the third film opened in April 2022. Months later, Warner Brothers doesn't seem to be prioritizing another chapter in the universe. Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav, our favorite guy on the yep. Media Book Podcast now, not, hinted on a recent earnings call about the potential to do, quote, something with Rowling, boo, on another story in the Wizarding World franchise, quote, going forward, unquote. However, he stopped short of specifics. Unless the Fantastic Beasts filmmaking team manages to get cameras rolling in the next six months, and that seems unlikely since there's still no script. <laughs> the fourth movie wouldn't be released until 2025 at earliest. And that's just for the script, not to mention yeah. like planning to get the actors, locations, settings, and all the other stuff that yeah. you normally get. So, again, this sucks because one side of it is obviously like, we know that Zaslav does not want to give up on Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. It's one of the only things he doesn't want to get rid of yes. when you're talking about Warner franchises. He wants more Harry Potter content because he knows there's an entire generation of people who grew up with it and still will spend money on it. But the Fantastic Beasts clearly have run their, like, run, like they've run out of steam. No one cares about it. Mm-hmm. So the choice is, does Warner try it again? If they do, it's going to take a while. Well, here's the thing, that those Fantastic Beasts, Beasts films were building up to a wizarding war. Right. 
But what does it say to you as an IP and you as a company if, if abandon you it. abandon the war and you never get that war film? But I think you're giving Zazov too much credit here. I don't think he cares. Oh, no, I don't he think care. he gives a shit. And I don't think most of the fans <laughs> give a shit either. No, because we've all, like, everyone who was a Harry Potter person that I've known personally growing up with that franchise is bailed because of the creator's terrible, terrible thoughts on trans lives. It's like, there's just no reason why, like, they would care, why we would care. Give us a reason to care. Because it's Dumbledore. Everything that is possibly with those characters now is tainted. Because Dumbledore may die in it. I don't, but no one cares. No one cares. That's the thing, is that as much as Zaslav wants to make more of this stuff, this is going to be the reality that he's going to face, which is those numbers are going to continue to go down, not up. And so, but he still thinks that this is going to be successful for them. I don't think it will be. I think it's done. I think it's over. Wrap it up. Take pack it up. Take take it home. You know what they need to do? Wizarding World outside of England. Give me a U.S. <laughs> one. Give me a uh, Japan one. There's lore uh, for all of those um, international wizarding uh, yes. schools. So they could do that. They could give pull me, that escape rope if they wanted, but they just give me a it. wizarding world off uh, in the uh, Indian Ocean, off like <laughs> Singapore uh, area where it's all underwater. So that's why no one's able to see it, and not like oh, it's like hidden a cloak of invisibility around yeah. like in the mountains of Ireland or wherever. <laughs> Well, whatever they do, uh, it's just, I don't know. I feel like no matter what they do, we all lose, is yeah. how it feels. Mm-hmm. Because anything that they do is still going to be in partnership with the creator. And, and as long that's, as that's true, no, I Because don't, I that like was written in the forever. contract when she made the first yep. film, is that yep. anything going forward with the, with the Wizarding World... She has to have her sign off. She has to have sign off. And it sucks, yep. because it creates this environment, like, no matter what happens, she's going to profit from it. Even that video game. It sucks. As much as EA wants to say, we're not, like, working with her. Mm-hmm. Her name's in the credits, and it always will be, mm-hmm. and that's just the reality of it. So, Yes, but <sighs> how prominent does the name in the credits need to be? Like, how, What's the lowest opacity you can put on it? <laughs> shade, shade of gray shade. can you put against that black background. Shade of Meredith gray in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just Ellen Pompeo. Anyway, let's move on. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Let's go into some movie bits. Ah, the uh, bits. bits. The bits. The bits. We start with Alien. Kaylee Spanny is in talks to star in a new Alien film from 20th Century Studios with Fede Alvarez directing and Scott Free producing. Uh, Scott Free of Scott Free Productions. I would not be surprised if they greenlit this in the recent success of Hulu's Prey uh, Predator spinoff. Yes, um, apparently uh, Fede Alvarez like pitched 20th Century Studios yeah. the this new iteration of Aliens, and they're basically like, yes, we love your idea, we're going to try and fast-track this. Awesome, that's awesome. Yes. Um, I think there's potential for Alien as a franchise going forward. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. All right, what else do we got? Sorry, I was distracted because a color changed yeah. on your screen. Uh, Bradley Cooper will play Frank Bullitt. In Steven Spielberg's next film, based on, of course, Bullet, the famous classic Steve McQueen character. Yes, so and Bullet, movie. Bullet. Yes, Bullet. So get ready for car chases. Yes. With Bradley Cooper. Um, we get ready for 1970s car chases. Hopefully, yeah. If they just keep those muscle cars. Watch it be boring. It'd be like the brand new Mustang. And be like, oh, come on. <laughs> oh, you're, you're just reskating it with like modern day. Yeah. 
Fast and Furious style. Yeah. Next Less up, family. Yeah. Less family. <laughs> just Bradley Cooper. Next up, Neil Blomkamp's Gran Turismo movie, yes, based on the video game franchise, yep. begins filming with David Harbour, Archie Medeque. I hope I said that right. And Orlando Bloom. What the hell do you do in a Gran Turismo movie? I guess we'll find out. You drive cars very fast. Yeah, that's all. That's all. They made a Need for Speed movie that's with true. Aaron Paul. They did do that. that. That exists out there. So, hey, big week for car movies, I guess. So, um, what are the graphics going to be like on this Gran Turismo game? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is this next-gen graphics? <laughs> hey, if it's like, any, if it's like the first uh, five uh, Gran Turismo games, if you crash, you can't tell. You just bounce right off of the right car. <laughs> it's amazing. I don't know how they do it. Anyway, Kristen Stewart is getting in the director's chair for the first time. Yes, that Kristen Stewart. Yes, and will direct Imogen Poots in The Chronology of Water. What a name. That sounds boring as shit, but uh, hey, yes, I trust yes, Kristen Stewart. I'm sure it'll be good. And obviously, anytime I get to say, any opportunity I get to say Imogen Poots uh, is, is a good opportunity. <laughs> she does. I'm sure she does. I'm sure she does. Next up, Walter Hamada. Uh, lastly. Uh, lastly here. Yeah. Walter Hamada signs, Sing of Sings here. It'll be a different story. Uh, yes. Signs a multi-year production deal with Paramount Pictures to be the architect of their horror genre department, with the mission to release several low- to mid-budget films per year across theatrical and streaming. This makes a lot of sense. We say it a lot here on the Media Boat Podcast. Horror movies are cheap, and they make a lot of money. You want to point to it? Paramount Pictures is responsible for Smile yes. in the top five. It's it hit $100 million. Consistently making money. And it's not even October yet. So yes, this is a good time to get somebody in charge have a unified force for horror films going forward for a studio and just blanket release them all year because they, no matter when you release them, they always do well. Yes. Uh, note this is not Walter Hamada <laughs> being underneath Paramount Pictures in their department. This is him through his production company. Yes. With distribution, yes. I'm guessing, from uh, Paramount. From Paramount, yes. And it's going to be both Paramount Plus and uh, theatrical release. But everyone, get out of the way. All of these bits get out of the way because it's time to talk about movie thoughts. The one movie everybody's been talking about. The one that has dominated the box office uh, in the past. The one that people we are talking that we need to talk about because we haven't talked about it yet. Where the Crawdads Sing. Yes. You've seen this movie? Taylor Swift's <laughs> Caroline Sorry. song Sorry. Yes, we'll is get Where to, the Crawdads Sing. We'll get to Wakanda forever, but first you, you also want to talk about apparently Where the Crawdads Sing. Yeah. So, um, World Crowd I Scenes came out earlier this year, um, thanks to Hello Sunshine. Hello, Hello Sunshine. sunshine. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, um, came out. I didn't see it. It's on Netflix now. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll give it some watch. I can burn uh, an hour and a half on it. <laughs> um, interesting storytelling. It's, it's told through present day and flashbacks of the primary girl is Swamp Girl. They call her Swamp Girl in it. Swamp Girl. Because she lives in the swamp. Oh, she's like Shrek? Uh, yeah, except you... you Get off my swamp! swamp. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, they call it's her terrible. Swamp Girl, and, like, the whole... Like, she's basically, like, the 1950s. <laughs> and, like, the whole town doesn't like her because she's Swamp uh-huh. Girl. Because she's Swamp Girl. I wouldn't she's like swamp, swamp Girl. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> she gets caught in a love triangle because classic books of teenagers growing sure, up yes. do. Always. Always. Marsh Girl. Marsh Girl, Marsh sorry. Girl. <laughs> Whatever, Swamp Girl, Marsh Girl. No, you can't Brandon Marsh Girl? Yeah, not Marsh 
Not Brandon Marsh. Brandon Marsh girl? Brandon Marsh's girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's a movie I would see. So, it's a murder trial, but in order to, but, like, it sets up as a murder trial, but they don't okay. go over the actual murder in it. Instead, she, it's flashbacks of her talking to the lawyer of, you need to know my story in order to save me. Oh, I see. So she tells her story of her growing up and how she got involved with the one now dead guy and the two now, like, um, well, spoil not spoiler, future husband, uh, guy <laughs> I really liked, um, kid. It's told and confusing, like, back and forth, um... Because the first kid that she meets isn't the one that ends up dying. And then it's also it could be the second kid that she meets that ends up dying. Okay. Do you think that maybe the stuff that they're trying with the storyline jumping is a little ambitious? Oh, it's very ambitious. It sounds like you're getting a little confused. Oh, it's so, very easy to get confused. Okay. So if you read the book... <laughs> okay, yeah, but no one does that. <laughs> I, I did. Okay, and yes. Okay, yes. In the real book, you read her whole background. There's a lot on her upbringing. Uh-huh. Um, then she meets Tate, who like ends up they end up getting married, and then they have their thing. And then, but then he leaves and goes to college. So then, and she's all alone living in the marsh. Her her dad, like everybody, left her. It's actually really it's sad. Yeah. But um, then this guy Chase. Whatever Chase like Jock Man. Chase Rice. Chase Andrews or whatever. <laughs> Chase, Chase the Jock, yes. Chase is like the popular guy in town. Like he was like the yeah. quarterback. Yeah, he's Jock Man. He's intrigued by her, but like doesn't want to be seen with her, but wants to, you know, Hang out. Bang, bang her. Bang yeah, her. yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and he tells bang, her like, bang the marsh oh, girl. He t- well, hey, you know, you do you. But like... <laughs> Um, he oh, but wait, he's, he's engaged. He tells oh. her he wants to oh, marry but wait, her, he... and then she sees him in town, and mm. blah, blah. So there's this big lead-up in the book, whereas in the movie, they start with the murder trial where she's on trial for murdering him. But she did a really good job covering it up. There's no tracks to the dirt, there's no... Um, and you really don't know she murders him until the very, 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 very end. <laughs> I threw my book. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. It was book throwing. Yeah, it's got a, a heated book moment. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting how they did that. Okay. Um, and I was trying to remember because Brittany and I saw it when it came out. Mm. Because we had read the book. Yeah, it came out like in the spring, I think. So, the summer. so with the knowledge of the book, do you think that the jumping around timelines makes a little more sense? Totally. Since you have the context yeah. for it? Okay. But there were some things that... and. and Neither of us can remember. We had like a really thorough discussion. We had like a mini book like a club little book club, after, yeah. <laughs> after the movie, yeah, because we were like, "What the heck?" We're like, gonna talk about this. There's certain emotional things that could have been covered better. There's certain because so much of it is narrative, like it's mm-hmm, not like mm-hmm. it's, it's internal internal it's, turmoil. And, yeah. and I think that's really hard to have on display in a movie. Especially without a Voice of God narration on it. Mm. Even though they do kind of do that in the beginning, because that's how she's conveying the story in flashbacks, but it doesn't carry through the whole movie. All right, I have one question, though, I need to know. How's the song? Yeah, the the crawdads sound good. What song do they sing? They sing Caroline by Taylor Swift. We'll say that visually it's very appealing. Okay. Because there's a lot of descriptive and marsh marshiness. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, yes. I think How are the cattails? I think they did a I good job with that. <laughs> uh, I think that's the one thing that kind of bugged me, is that if the police did their job right and <laughs> searched her home, they would have found the evidence. Mr. 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 Policeman, I gave you all the clues. Yes, Mr. Policeman. <laughs> snowman was there. Snowman was not there. Uh, I wish the snowman was there. Yeah, that's the other thing, is that like <laughs> after all these all these years, why would you still hold on to that evidence? Why not? Why wouldn't you destroy it? Because she loved him. Yeah, yeah. She loved him. Enough to kill him. But like, he was chasing after her and trying to rape her. There's oh, like, well, yeah, okay. Like, hmm. you're, miss- you're missing important... I'm sorry, but yeah, I want to keep something of <laughs> super trauma around. No, but she was going to get beat to death. Hey, trauma is complicated. You know, she you deal gonna, with it however you feel well, like. And that's yeah. why I threw the book, because I was <laughs> kind of convinced, like, no, she didn't do it. Like, she, uh-huh. you know. But, but then, then she the totally did it. Like, oh, come on, like, <laughs> Kate finds the... The shell necklace, like in a book, under her surname, where she's been writing poetry, which oh. is much more obvious in the book. Okay. That was one thing we noticed because it's just at the end, like, oh yeah, by the way, she wrote poetry. Well, <laughs> yeah, I thought I didn't get like, that she wrote poetry. I get that. Oh, she just ended up writing more there's books. There's a lot more of that laid. In. That was one of the things Brittany and I talked about. That mm-hmm. it was like there's a lot more of that that makes it more compelling. I don't know. The movie was just okay. Okay. Yeah. Well. We've, we've had a lot, apparently, to say about yes. where the crawdads sing. Yes. Thank we, you. We, Thank sung, you for our special guest for we, explaining we the context. all about the crawdads. Yeah, well. But now, let's get into the meat of we the have potatoes. To, unfortunately, yes. Now we get to talk about Black Panther. The flood, let's open the floodgates. You've now seen probably the biggest movie of the year. Suck yes. it, James Cameron. Uh, how was... Ways of Water. What, did it live up to the hype? The sequel to nothing, Black Panther. Nothing, nothing could live up to that hype of Black Panther. It okay. was so unique in its own sure. when it came out that it was such a cultural event and milestone and, that everyone yeah. had to rush out and go see it. And obviously yeah. we're going into this with extra baggage, which is your star, Chadwick Boseman, unfortunately mm-hmm. passed, yes. and they've had to continue the story without him. So, yeah, so how do what's you, up with Wakanda Forever? How so is this movie? How do you continue a story, a narrative, yeah. when your title character is no longer associated yeah, with what do you the do? project. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, you just call it anatomy, right? <laughs> did this. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. So, okay. Yes. Wakanda Forever. Yes, Chadwick Boseman. Um, I will say those first five minutes, opening five minutes up to the um, Marvel... Inst- Man- uh, the Marvel Manly Man Tears. Manly Man Tears. Oh, God, not a dry eye in the room. Everyone was bawling. Oh. Yeah. But they... It is dedicated to him. We should mention. Yes. But they do do a hand wavy. He dies of an unknown illness. We're sure. not sure what it is. Because plot wise, you have to because you can't make it too close to the actual thing. Well, no, not only that, but as soon as you give it a name, yeah, then everyone's going to be like, "Oh, well, you could have done this or this." Because the movie can't be about that. You're right. As soon as yes. they make the do go too far into it, then you're wondering for the rest of the movie, why isn't this movie about that? Right. Why aren't we talking about this? They have to move on. Yes. And that's kind of what the whole movie is about. It's about moving on. Because yeah. after those first five minutes, it takes place a year later. Okay. Which in, um, like, NCU timeline is five years after the blip. Okay. Plus another year, maybe year and a half. Okay. So society is not where it was at in the first one. Yes, society... Because of all the things The last time happened. we actually saw Wakanda was Infinity right. War. Yes. When it was being attacked. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And then, like, everyone knows now about Wakanda. It's also where we end up with Black Panther because they right. both came out in 2018. Yeah. Black Panther in February and then, and then two then, months later. By the end of that movie, won. it's like, okay, they started philanthropy, basically, and helping places, other places. And, they, yeah, they're, everybody knows about them. They're yes. an established Yes, everyone knows about country. Wakanda. Everyone yes. now knows about Vibranium. Right. But with the death of, well, one, with the blip of... Uh-huh. Everyone only for five years. Does that and then the death of weird their question? King. And I don't know if maybe getting into the MCU weeds here. Did that also affect Wakanda? So yeah, presumably a bunch of people when with Black Wakanda got snapped. But yeah, Black like in the movie, Black Panther got snapped. Oh yeah, huh. Shuri got snapped. Right, right. Yeah, right. both of them did. Yeah, that's true. Huh. Okay, I forgot. It's been a long time since those movies. <laughs> These are the kinds yeah. of questions. Okoye I'm didn't. Yeah, I'm like. What? Mike mentioned the timeline because <laughs> yeah. I went on a yeah. big. Yeah, Okoye didn't about, get snapped because she was still no leading the the mirage. No <laughs> I was like, where in the timeline are we? Like, yeah, where are we? And I'm like, did I'm like, you you have this whole thing of like, wait, am I supposed to believe that Shang Chi <laughs> and Black Panther all occur within the same year? <laughs> <laughs> no. and, and apparently, Black Panther, Chadwick's Black Panther. Died the second he came out of the blood. That's I guess like, so. Yeah. Well, well no. like that like, was the part that I was like, when is this? Well, no. They said like like after the um, which by the way, give like super praise to Angela Bassett because we're like just oh, killing it always. So good. So good. I was like, oh yeah. If you want a, like one, if you need a strong leader, and to show like strength, especially with a grieving nation, get Angela. Like yeah, Angela Bassett. Yeah, just hire Angela yeah, Bassett. Why not? Also like. If you want her to just like like monologue and like give passionate <laughs> speeches, yes, just let Angela Bassett be Angela Bassett, and they let her do that, and it was so great. All right, so okay, so we did our complex. Where is this in the timeline stuff? Yes, let's focus on the movie. Uh, so you mentioned that a lot of this movie is about like dueling thinking about, kingdoms. Yeah, thinking about how to move on uh, beyond when your ruler dies. Yes, uh, how does that fit into the larger narrative of this phase? Like, where are we going with this movie? Well, so this movie ends phase five, which is essentially a grieving phase and a processing phase right. from the blip, from mm-hmm. the five-year dusting. Yeah. So coming out of it, it's kind of a reset for Wakanda. Okay. Of, yeah, we know what we said in 2018, but then some shit happened, and maybe we don't really want that now. Ah, and that's kind of... Second thoughts. Having second thoughts about the choices they made at the end of Black Panther. Well, no, second thoughts about the choices they made that Chadwick Boseman made at the end of Black Panther. And then you really no longer have him. Right. So So you... You 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 went in thinking that you were going to have that leadership, and that leadership goes away. Yes. But you're left with the choices made, and you have to basically decide what you guys are going to do. But it is a way of um, basically the world and the MCU world... Saying that, yeah, we're going to pull back because we really don't want the whole world to have vibranium, <laughs> weapons, and right. shielding and all of that. What does happen when you open Pandora's box? Yeah. Like, we, do we have, the like, can we actually tell those stories? Yes. Like, do we and they actually to... do go into that of, like, if we do open that box and do, like, give the resource of vibranium to the world, yes. how quickly then will it delve into mass... Yes. Attacks. And I would also imagine this probably creates strain inside the kingdom, right? You yes. probably have, similar to before Chadwick Boseman becomes the, the ruler, you have that conversation about, like, well, with, some of these people want us to go this direction, some of these people want it. Right, especially with Killmonger, too, in right. the first place. Yes, 
the first one. That that's why he wanted there. to. That was his only intention of right. arming people for an yeah. upright, uh, for an uprising. Yes, but this isn't about right necessarily uh, Wakanda. No, this is about what happens when Wakanda, the only known um, quote unquote quote unquote the only yeah. known city. Hmm. To have and hold vibranium technology, okay, goes up against another city. What that has spoiler. vibranium technology? Oh, it's not a spoiler. Say, how much can you spoil? That's I mean, not a spoiler. It's you in spoil? I literally don't know anything about this. I went in. I haven't even watched the trailers. So well, that's not like, a spoiler. It's in the trailer. Okay, I haven't seen anything. No, we try not to. We do big spoilers for movies like this. Yeah. Week one, like maybe in a couple of weeks. Yeah, like end of the year. We'll end of the year, we definitely just say everything. Say everything. But I haven't seen this, so yeah. I would like to remain spoiler-free as long as I haven't seen it. So, yeah. Um, it's So that's pretty much what the movie comes down to. It's okay. two superpowers um, being run by Vibranium. Okay. And the leaders of themselves, having been broken, going essentially clashing against each other for different reasons. Okay. Good setup. It I is. Mean, that seems like you could tell a really interesting story. So the question is... Do they pull it off? Um, is this up in the echelon, upper echelon of Marvel movies like the first Black Panther? Um, is I mean, do we see um, another good turn? This is where I'm here? torn like, with it. This is where I'm torn with it okay. because the first half of this film was spectacular. I loved every okay. second of it. Sure. Introduction of new characters like Riri Williams into it. Um, introduction of Namor into it. Like all that. First opening, first half of the film, super well done. Really loved where they were going with it. I was like, Ryan Coogler, you're amazing. Keep yeah. doing this thing. But and then it took a turn in the halfway point, okay. and it went super um, enclosed spaces sure. instead of um, being like the low trying journey that it was. Okay, and I was like, ooh. Hmm. So do you, you think just, you just don't agree with that? <laughs> Well, no. I, there's Wait, a, the reason I don't that. agree is because they literally have to stop the story uh-huh. and give you backstory on mm. Namor's character. Do you think that this is the story just took them in this direction and they didn't have a choice here, or do you think this is Ryan Coogler being like, "I'm not making any Marvel movie. I'm making my Marvel movie." Do you think this is he need he, for his purposes? He wanted his movie to stand apart. Just like the original Black Panther, and do things slightly different. No, I think that if he, if Chadwick Boseman was still around, you would start with mm. Namor and Namor backstory. I don't know if we can play that game. Yes, that's because, a that's a dangerous game because there's no guessing if he was involved creatively in this movie. Well, I'm just saying that because, like, in the first like 10, 30 minutes, you have to address the big elephant in the room that is Chadwick Boseman's right. death. Yeah, you have to. You have to address it. You have to reset Wakanda. You have to mm-hmm. address the death. <laughs> you have to address um, the blip. You have to address where a- Wakanda is now, where the leadership is now. Right. You have to address all of that within the first 30, 40 minutes that by the time you get around to introducing your main villain in the film, or main antagonist, not villain, but main antagonist in the film that you're introduced to him, but you're not fully introduced to him until halfway through. Okay. And that's when you get the backstory. And even like when they're doing it, like I asked the question like, why are you telling me all this now? And then the character on screen is like, so why are you telling me all this now? Yeah. I was like, oh yeah. But they you. couldn't have started with that. Yes. Given, 
I, I yes, but that's what I say. Like, like, if you didn't have Chad Gunn as he was a part of it, you could have that backstory for that character well, in the, the beginning. Okay. Be 100% different. Yes. Yeah. Like, the, I, I applaud them on being able to pivot and make a good, compelling story. Yeah. Because I mm-hmm. think they actually did a really good job addressing it. I don't like the midpoint thing either. We're not going to spoil it. No, it definitely, it drags. It's That's when, like, the whole thing, like, comes to a halt. But, but I get why they did it, because that's what had to happen. You have to to get the other side of the story, yes. I was going to say that had to happen, and it's sad, and it's... No, that's not the midpoint point. That's not the one... Yeah, that's... That's not about right before it. No, but you don't like that point. Yeah, I don't like that other point either. that is the... that is the... No, that's the turning, not not the midpoint. Whatever, semantics. The turning... but, But I think... Relative to Phase Five, I think it's one of the stronger movies. Uh, yeah, I think okay. this is the film that everyone to, wanted Phase Five to, to be. Compared to Shang Chi, which I thought was fantastic, um, this is probably number two in this okay. phase for me. Cool. I would say. Cool. I love the badass woman. Oh yeah. Yes. That's the I, ah I I know you do. <laughs> Black Panther is like my favorite Marvel movie, and it mine too. Will be yeah. Mm-hmm. So you will. There's a lot of that. Still, that's good. That's good. Which is good. Maybe even more. Which is kind yeah, of awesome. That's good too. Yeah, because I think Black Panther had the best of everything that um, Wakanda Forever had the best of everything that Phase Four was trying to have in all of its movies. You had the big battle that Shang Chi had. You had the badass woman that uh, Black Widow was trying to have. Right. You had the. Uh, new characters in the like, mythical yeah, that world. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. They try to. Have. We don't need to relitigate Black Widow. Yes. Yes. Keep going. Yes, they had the whole like uh, like family building and family dynamics that Eternals was trying to have. <laughs> if but, anybody but remembers, you have the same that Black Panther the original. Had, yeah, I think. Well, no, I was going to talk about like specifically in Phase yeah, Four space. that there's all these elements of the different films that got right in Wakanda Forever, and that's due to Ryan Coogler. Okay. So, overall, it's still a strong showcase for Ryan Coogler, still a strong showcase for this specific section of the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. And uh, how does it bode for the future? Uh, Do you think that there's more stories to be told about Wakanda? Uh, Do you think that it'll be a big, like, play a big part here, all these characters in this world? In the coming Marvel stories? They're definitely setting it up for okay. a bigger player, um, right. especially with the different alliances that are cool. made at the by the end of the film. Very cool. Uh, so overall yeah. feeling pretty good about Overall, it? it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's a very solid... It's not like highest of highs, okay. but definitely top of the top. All right, now, the ultimate question. Nothing to do with the quality of the film, but I'm just curious. Do you think... This outperforms Avatar. Do you think Avatar takes the throne immediately upon its first release? Where are we at here? Because this is the question. So, does Avatar do 181 million in its opening that, debut? I don't know anymore. I don't think it does. I don't know if it does. I don't know how the like the global temperature, or at least the domestic temperature, of Avatar is. Do people care? Apparently they do, but how many? I don't know. But I that trailer was so Avatar. good. Yeah. You're you good. like that, that trailer, though. I will Yes. Yeah. Without giving away anything okay. between yeah. the two. So people might be like, well, I just saw Wakanda Forever. <laughs> yeah, you can check this box. Water, like, CG. I mean, and yes. you're coming out like a month apart, right? So yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like, okay, I guess I have to see like, I just saw water people. Water I people. just saw blue people. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's, I'm not spoiling anything. Yeah, it's but fine. you no. did just see blue water people 
again. Check that box for 2022. I'm good. You just saw blue water and cat people? Cat people? Well, the avatars are like cat. They're kind of cat. They got like cat ears. That confuses me. Like, is there a story avatar? There is. Here, I'll save you time. It's Pocahontas. It's Fern Gully. It's Fern Gully. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> all you ever hear about, just, I haven't seen the original. Yeah. Because I don't know. It's okay, it's, it's on fine. Disney Plus. We'll it's watch fine. it at some point. Know, but, like, I just, oh, two hours about, and 45 minutes of it. Extended about, edition. All you hear about is how visually stunning it is. That's it. Like, that's it. That's the thing. I don't know anything yeah. about the story. I yeah. thought the ride at Disney World was pretty cool, and we mm-hmm. have to cut the four hours off. <laughs> I was like, what is well, because you got to realize that the film came out in 2009. Yeah. That's also part of it. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's like wild. saying, like, like, Godfather is, like, it's a great film. But you got to realize is that it came out in the 70s. <laughs> Susan King, it's a great film. But you got to realize it came out in the 20s. I see what you mean. Uh, there, there's there's cultural context and, like, technological. Susan King did not come out in the 20s. Whatever. You know what 40s. I mean. 40s. Anyways. Whatever. <laughs> Star Wars in the seventies. Yeah, there's cultural context and like technological limitations. It was really at cool the time. in two thousand nine. I remember being pretty blown away by how Avatar looked in three D in a theater. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, that being said, yeah, the same movie now probably wouldn't work as well. Uh, so I have no idea what they're going to do with sequel. Right. But anyway, we'll talk anyway, about that when you, Avatar you're the one who brought out. up Avatar. I know. I was just curious about numbers, but yes. Yeah, so that's Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Um, I'll try to see it sometime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we'll be able to talk more about then. But for now, that wraps up this episode of the Media Vote Podcast. I mean, it better. We're hit the two-hour mark right in time. <laughs> so thank you for joining us this week. We'll be back next week at some point. Uh, it is the Thanksgiving holiday week here in the U.S., so we will not. I guess we can wait till Saturday and do it. I don't know. We'll see. We can uh, see. And uh, yeah, uh, depending on holiday plans, we will record around them yep so yeah enjoy the holiday if you have the days off or uh day off or whatever um in the meantime we'll be back next week for more all all these things more thoughts more news and all that business you can watch us in video form on our youtube channel just go to youtube.com and search media boat podcast you can listen to us in audio form on podcast services such as apple Podcasts, google play Amazon, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, just search Media Boat Podcast there. As of this recording, we still have a Twitter account. <laughs> As of this recording, Media Twitter Cat, is still a thing. <laughs> at Media Boat Cast. Uh, who knows if that breaks within the next time, next week we talk here. Who knows? Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast. We have a page there, again, for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you want to ask us questions, no fan question this week, but maybe one next week if you write in at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I would say, at least I didn't see one, but... Oh, I'll, I'll, last I'll, second check here. Yeah, I'll say... Just uh, to make ma- sure. Just to make sure. No. Yeah, no, we're good. All right, so thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week. Have a good holiday week if you're celebrating the holidays. In the meantime, we'll be back next week. See you guys then. Yep, we'll be back with more news, more yes. thoughts, maybe some glass onions. Maybe. And, yeah, more of us. All right, see Okay, ya. bye. Bye.